Hi, Jimmy here. Welcome to a very special bubble pod of Shoulders of Giants. Today, we celebrate the career of Harrison Ford and discuss his filmography, share our top 10 movies of his, and in prep for the pod, we both watched a film of his we had never seen for discussion. Of course, this is a SOG pod, and it wouldn't be complete without an extended prologue chatting about a driver film trilogy Sheppy had just enjoyed, and a couple of recommendations back from myself. If you've heard the pod before, you'll know. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts, kid. Look at you. Full glory. We're talking Harrison Ford at the start of Fugitive yes. Glory. Yeah. I, look, I'm doing the thing with my hand. Oh, well, let's get to that because I can't wait. Well, I've basically I've, I've written down a sort of a structure because in absolute the most unnecessary amount of preparation that has ever been committed, because it was only really to sort of like make me not feel guilty about not writing Superman. So I put all my attention in this sort of the structure of, and, and that includes, I went and I listened to the Tom Cruise one oh that we God. did in this. Just so I was like, ah, so our structure can be the same so we talk about this and then this and then this and then this. And I listened to it and it's a fucking mess. And, and, and also I'm cringing like a cunt because I, past me, is interrupting you all the time and i know it and i've always known it and it's fucking no. horrendous. oh don't yeah, yes uh, yes um <laughs> but i'll always put it down to a time delay that is all and, and there often usually there is a time delay so i do have that and usually uh, i need interrupting i say interrupting you to make my interrupting point but yes no, so yes I'm in any ready. case that that was great i've got a lot to talk about <laughs> But beforehand, off the record, if need be, uh, how are you, sir? <laughs> off the record, I'm very, very well, Sheppy. I'm good. Everything is golden and good. Yeah, it's we're all life happy. nice. Have you Down had adventures in good. your little caravan thing? We did. We went off for a little weekend adventure recently, which meant about one minute sleep because Cosy doesn't get to sleep with us at home. So yes, that was really happy. We went down to <laughs> Byron Bay and. Uh, just around there and took him for walkies on the beach and did Rocky three runs and had a happy time. And <laughs> it was really nice. And yeah, that was all really lovely. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was good, man. And I'm going to just say it because I, uh, I just had a friend because this triggered it when you were saying like messiness, someone I do some work with, um, but we sort of become pals too. Um, she said, yeah, I'm listening to your pod. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't like to make <laughs> business and pleasure, you know. So Yes, uh, yes. I, uh, I, which um, one's which? Yeah, oh, God. And, uh, and she was poised on Friends. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll just re-listen to that one a little bit and just see. And talk about mess. Oh, my God. It's just a disaster. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> It's so weird and funny. And and there's about three things we definitely would have edited out now. Like, not, and, and not just like woofs, big woofs. It's, it's really. From which, bad. from who? <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, it's really funny. And I'm like, 
Oh my god, what was what were you thinking anyway? But so that that was Do you think interesting. we're more structured now? Well, I mean, I don't I'm, I'm even not in our most checking, rambling of rambles, you know. which today will be. Do you think, though, we, we do have a vague sense of structure, which we didn't have? Or when we've just recorded episode 82, will we listen back to this one and be like, <laughs> fucking hell! Oh, the audacity of it all. I think that's going to be the nature of it, isn't it? It keeps evolving and getting that extra little percent sharper, hopefully. Well, hopefully. Hope so. but, well, um, if, that, well yeah. if that means we but... are better. If, if we're not, if we're just exactly the same... <laughs> but we're listening, it's like leaving a room, coming back, and then it smells. But when you were in it, you didn't notice. It's that sort of thing. We're in it now, but we don't notice the stink of our words, and, it, and we have to leave a bit and come back and listen. But we never evolve. We're always that. And when we listen in the future, we're like, pew-wee, we still have the crushing knowledge, the tragedy, Jimmy, that we are always the same, and it's always as unstructured and messy as it is. And that's life, so fuck yourself. And that's the end of that Twilight Zone episode. It's like, no! That's so absolutely stunning, Sheffy. Stunning. <laughs> well, one, thing, one thing that she uh, hadn't appreciated in listening to back catalogue as well was just um, that you're in Poland and I'm down under. And so that was sort of yeah. just an interesting thing for her. She had no idea that we were crossing the globe every time we do this, which yeah. is nice. So I just thought I'd include it in case other listeners didn't appreciate the Polsky-Australia connection between this What people thing. don't know is we've been doing this podcast since the 80s, but technology has only recently caught up to us. So a <laughs> podcast via letter isn't quite as compelling, but it's out there somewhere floating about. <laughs> we could do a whole thing. I've got heaps of your letters, by the way. We could do a whole thing where I bring Sheppy's still on the yeah. pages. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> hey, how are you, man? How are you? Are you good? I'm well, other than being ill, um, I'm well. Thank you. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm happy. Let me. Let me just take that and just jump straight in because I, okay. I honestly, okay. there's nothing else really. Just in terms of life. There was something that I wanted to mention when we recorded Troll, but that needed to be cut down to keep it like a tight three hours anyway. So I'm going to mention now just what I was going to mention then, which is a little while ago now, me and Martuka did like this very interesting trilogy of driver getaway films. If we hadn't seen Baby Driver about a year and a half ago, we would definitely have made it a quadrilogy. But we had, so we didn't want to see it again that much. So... What we did was we watched The Transporter. That's the oh, Jason yeah. Statham. Love it. Yeah. Have you seen that? You love that? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, that? yeah. It's weird. Have you seen the whole trilogy? No, no, to be honest. That's the first one. You're a purist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Where well, you can't perfect perfection. Anyway, we watched The Transporter. Then we watched The Driver, the 1978 or 9 Walter Hill film with Ryan O'Neill and Bruce Dern. And it's gritty as fuck, 70s as fuck, squealing tires, 70s cars, everything, 70s film stock. Oh, it's, it's and Bruce Dern's amazing always. Ryan O'Neill, who I, you know, it's great. I've only really seen him in Barry Lyndon, and I so I associate him with Barry Lyndon. Uh, but you know, he's great in this. And I had seen that film once before, but I think I fell asleep. I didn't realize how much I had slept through until I watched it now. I thought I had basically seen it, but really I hadn't. So it was my first time of seeing that. And the time I thought I'd seen it was like eight years ago. So basically, this was the first time I've seen The Driver, which was amazing. Ooh. And then, this isn't all in one evening, by the way, but then 
we watched uh, Drive, the 2011 Nicholas Rippin 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 Gozzo, um, which I, of course, I saw at the cinema and I've seen a couple of times, but I hadn't seen it for ages and Martuka hadn't seen it. And so we finished the trilogy with that. And it was a very different, very similar trilogy, you know, series of films. So that How does was Drive just hold up, Sheppy? How does Drive hold up? Or is it? Oh, it's a, it's a tasty fuck. And I knew also that no matter what the other two were, would end up being like. I mean, I knew Driver, Driver, um, The Water Hill, has a huge reputation and Edgar Wright loves it and so forth. But I always thought ultimately it might be a bit like 70s. Um, so, but I knew that if we ended the trilogy, if we went through, you know, went through this weird order and did it and ended with Drive, I knew in my bones that Drive was great and it would end off brilliantly. But as it turns out, Driver, amazing, five out of five, really. It's, it's brilliant. Um, so that. tasty shit, uh, really, <laughs> really. And all three films have similar things. Less, I mean, what was certainly the 70s and, and Drive have in common is a bit of like 70s-esque female slapping. There's a bit of that in both. And some certainly phallic male domination type situations going on, certainly in uh, Driver, which is a bit uncomfortable. But, you know, what can you do? 70s as fuck. Uh, and, and all of that's very tasty. Of course, the Statham from 2002 or three, he's, he's not slapping women. There is a nasty woman who's kicking the shit out of him, which is great, of course. Uh, but then he's like, he throws her out a window or something. So that's all right. That film, uh, Transporter, I saw at the cinema, I think in Melbourne, Jimmy, um, whenever, so I guess 2003, it must have been. And I, I, I remember just hating it. I'm not hating it, but I remember like being like, ah! So I've never seen it since. So I'm watching it as part of the beginning of this trilogy. And it was a Friday night. There was wine. There was crisps. And so lots of happiness. We'd already watched a South Park. So we were very happy. Went into it with our eyes open. And, you know, it's very slick all the way through. And I realized that the only reason I hated it was because the last, I don't know, six minutes is really bad. The dispatch of the main villain is really, really weak. And it's like, oh, um, and it's very comparable. The whole setup of the finale is like the truck bit from Raiders, but of course nothing can be as good. So it's like, oh, and then it's a really weak villain death. And then the last two minutes rounds everything off, but rounding off is the wrong term because it's just like, it's like, bonk, ends, like, bink, bonk, bink, the end, credits. And it's like, well, I guess that's why they call me the transfer. Da, 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 da. And it's really weird. So um, that's why I hated it, because it's the reverse Phantom Menace maneuver where the ending was like the worst part. And you're like, oh, no, I don't want to watch that again. Whereas, of course, Phantom Menace is the opposite. So um, but watching it was was a nice experience. All three films of my Getaway Driver trilogy all have certain similarities. They, they all start in exactly well in the same fashion, which makes sense if you're making a film about this type of person. But they all start in the same way as Baby Driver. Guy sitting in the car, quiet, maybe listening to music, puts on his driving gloves, very smooth, turns on the, you know, the motor and it's all perfect and purrs to life. And he clinks on the thing on his seatbelt and he drives and he picks up the bank robbers and they drive and then there's a robbery of some sort and then a getaway and then they leave. And that's the beginning. And in some cases, in one case, it's the pre-cred or whatever. It's the same formula, but done in very, very different styles, which was wonderful. 
just for that aspect of watching yeah. those <clears throat> opening each. And then they each tell very different stories, but with the same sort of central protagonist, who of course, and is all they are, Statham and O'Neill and, and Gosling are all like still and quiet and not necessarily introverted, but basically introverted and very, very uh, precise, of course. And so that applies to their driving, but their life, they're like checking their watches and shit and they're very um, quiet. But when, when they say something, it might be witty or charming or cool. Um, and so that's that's another nice similarity. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to mention that. Oh, and I so now I have, and it was lovely. Love it, Sheppy. Bloody love it. Listen, very quickly on the my updates side of things, we're deep into a Friends rewatch, which is in about season oh. seven or something right now. And I can say Speaking unequivocally, <laughs> yeah, unequivocally, Phoebe is the best. Lisa Kudrow oh. is a really, really talented actress. Actress, sorry, and, and I think probably number two is Rachel. She's really brilliant, Aniston, and it really deserved to be an absolute breakout superstar. Like she's fantastic. They're just fantastic, those two, and everyone's good, but like they just really stand out on rewatch. Um, we watched that mega because I'm on my holiday. Because I'm on my holiday, I watched. That's my excuse. I watched uh, in two on two consecutive mornings after my first morning walk uh, on like a Tuesday or Wednesday or something. You just imagine me in my underwear eating cereal, watching the Adam Sandler, Jennifer Aniston, Netflix murder. Oh, yeah, the murder ones, yeah. Have you seen them? <laughs> yeah. I just watched yeah. those. So there you go. I like them. They were perfect for that moment. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I had such a good day. I tried to recreate the same day the next day. And I tried, to, and everything was identical, but, you know, with the sequel and everything. But I tried to make the same breakfast and everything. You know, it's like doing anything. I knew it wouldn't be identical, but it was a nice experiment. So my life is an experiment. Anyway, so go on uh, about Friends. One favourite thing I've just thought of in sequels, Shepard, I don't think I've ever stated this rule on this pod, but I can't remember the character's name. Who would? Because those films are so disposable. But I think the first one is slightly better. But they befriend yeah. someone who's super-duper rich in the first one, don't they? And then in the second yeah. one, it, like what I love is like they're not friends in the first movie. And then in the second... <laughs> They really like all the characters to to yeah. pull thread and continue bonded. from the first one. Like they have got this bond from like the, the first movie. I, oh yeah, I always really like that about sequels. Yeah. Like when they do that, like you know, it's got kind of I don't know, it's not quite the right thing, but you know, Crocodile Dundee two vibes with yes. like you know the Aboriginal guy yes. who's suddenly like really in the team, you know. Um, anyway, <laughs> I just uh, yeah. yeah, I mean everything. It's like Ghostbusters two with Moranis and, yes. and so forth. It's the classic. It's the classic. It's probably I've never seen Mannequin on the Moon, but I know Styles is in it, so he's probably substantial to the plot. So yes, yes, uh, absolutely, Jimmy. I, I agree. Um, are you? So what season are you on? On Friends? Oh, we're like seven or eight or something. I can't remember. Like seven or eight. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, yeah, oh, but it's brilliant. it's oh, so you really you've, you've yeah. It's been book. it's been going alongside the Fools and Horses, but Fools and Horses is ten times more compelling a thing, honestly. So I haven't really been advertising it. We've been using it as a bit of a palate cleanser for certain things. So and just quickly, I was have you done have you done Sons of Anarchy, Sheppy? I know I told you I was doing yeah. it. Ooh. Like I saw it in 2015 and I wow. binged it when I was living in a particular stage of my life. So I'm all about <laughs> humming. What I recommend now is you watch Queer as Folk because it will like it'll be a nice, oh, wow. <laughs> a nice twist. 
Yeah. <laughs> Have you finished Sons of Anarchy? Uh, like no, it? we are motoring though, quite literally. Um, we're motoring though because it is very, very bingeable, isn't it? And compelling. And yes. yeah, we're 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 in Belfast right now. If that gives oh, you wow. a, a moment, yes, yeah. Yes. So it's really like it's great, it's isn't like it? It's so much it. fun. It's like TJ Hooker. Now, I never watched TJ Hooker originally, but I watched it with Mr. Fantastic around 2007 after work often. And um, it's not very good, but it's like it's written by a, like a 15 year old who's trying to be cool. So he like, has a rapist and, and drugs and there's violence. But it's but it's the writing quality is sub 80. So it's, mm. it's a weird mix. Now, <laughs> Sons of Anarchy is like a gourmet version of that. It's good writing. It is. And, and the stories are very well structured and all of that. It is good. But there is something kind of like, yeah, and then this happens and this happens. And yeah, yeah. And he's a father because it's like Hamlet. Ah! And then he's like, yeah. And he's driving on the road now. And it's like, oh, dear. So there is this really, <laughs> let's call it charitably cheap and cheerful aspect of Sons of Anarchy and The Shield which I watched as a precursor to Sons of Anarchy, but the main one of the main writers of The Shield, of Chickalis, went on and made Sons of Anarchy of his own. It's a real Michael Wiener after working on Sopranos, making Mad Men one of it. That's so, so cool. Yes, and so I did the whole thing in that respect, and I was really, like I say, 2014-15, I would say. In that, well, in that when we're done... Thing, Let's yeah. do a full bubble on Sons because it's it's a hoot and they've made some great decisions. Like after a spectacular season two finale, they start season three with what feels like a nice safe Sons episode and ends in absolute carnage at the funeral wake, which was extraordinary. And then I just thought that was a brilliant decision and really made me happy to, that they did that. And like I just I I feel like the whole thing. I love your summary of SHP. It's exactly that energy and it's got this sort of it's above a team sub sopranos but wants to be sopranos as well and like <laughs> the Sil the silvio type character tig who's like this sort of um you know real roman like he's even a one thing in a in a um in the hospital looking at necrophilia or something in the first thing, you're like, <laughs> oh my god and like and then they sort of make him they've made him so likable in season two yeah. and three and like so the murdoch he is about he's really cool and the heart of it as well in some ways. And then G and I are both like team Tig. And then we we're watching this Belfast one and they've changed the theme. And I said right. to G, like, you know, the guy singing the theme sounds nasally like Tig's voice. So I Google it up. Sure enough, it's only bloody Tig singing the theme. <laughs> and like and then like Silvio is in Bruce Springsteen's band. It's like the perfect wow. thing. Like, you know. Wow. And they even... It's a real um eighteen eighty three wannabe. But they <laughs> turn out to be like massive singer stars. <laughs> yeah. So that's all really happy in a nice bubble. That's great. And uh, and just real quickies, we did Megan at the weekend, which I heartily recommend, and that's a really oh, yeah, fun yeah. hoot. It's absolutely in the Sheppy wheelhouse. It's got all sorts of Sheppy <laughs> beats that you would have put in there, which is really <laughs> happy. And then, um, and then what's the other? Oh, Colin from Accounts Sheps. Just get to that as soon as you can, and don't read a thing about it before you do. And just take my word okay. for it. It's an Aussie treat, and it's just so. There's there's a couple of episodes that are just. Ted Lasso levels of just just happy, oh, warm fuzziness. Okay. If you maybe even if you don't do it, save it for Christmas time because it's just got nice, nice vibes. Not Christmassy oh, vibes, just good. nice vibes. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I get it. Oh, I'm all for it. Okay, I'll, I'll store that away. That's good. Yeah. Thank you for the record. Um, <laughs> on 
I'll mention this, if I may. Well, a couple of things. Very quickly, you mentioned um, early pools and horses. And as I mentioned before, as a sort of a palate cleanser and, so, and also just like so we didn't have any massive jonesing after coming off the horse, Jimmy, and, and not going cold turkey, we, we did like, let's, let's try open all hours. So we, I showed Marta and oh, open wow. all hours. And I'm, I'm familiar with open all hours, but I was never really into it. I don't know if I've ever watched an entire episode beginning to end before. Maybe, but I was never like, ah. But I was like, young Jason, let's do it. And also Ronnie Barker. And I knew it was good. And we did it. And we just finished the first season, which is six episodes, 30 minutes a pop. And it's by Roy Clark. And, and it's great. It's lovely. Uh, and we both enjoyed it. What's interesting is it's 1976. I checked. The second season is 1981. There's like, they all, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I couldn't believe my eyes. It's, it's 1976 and season two, five years later, like the blip, they come back, they do second season. 1982 is the third season. And then 1985 is the fourth season. Wow. Uh, even, yeah, think about that. And I'll tell you something else. Whilst I was checking this out, because we've just finished the first season, I was like, well, maybe we'll watch, you know, second season. I don't even know how many there were. But then, so when they made the third season, therefore, that was like, or fourth season in 85, that was deep into Only Fools and Horses. So we, he was Granville and Delvoy at the same time. That's great, wow. Craig. And he had already done Count Duckula and Toad by that point. Jason was all over the shop. So that's exciting. By the way, we also did the first season, which again is three episodes of an hour 45 each of A Touch of Frost. And we've also previously had done the first three episodes of the same length episodes of uh, Inspector Morse. And in comparison, it's so much easier, I have to say, to watch A Touch of Frost. It's really, really, really easy to watch. Whereas Morse has always been not a struggle at all, but you settle in. And you just, you know, you go through it. But Touch of Frost is like, is over before you know it. You're like, fucking hell. Uh, it's really good. So so that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. So we did those three. Um, so we're on a massive Data Jason tip. Um, so that was lovely. Um, also, I better mention, as part of today's official episode, I watched a film. Uh, which So and before I watched this film, I thought, well, let's watch the original which I'll just say was Sabrina. Um, so we watched the original Billy Wilder, Humphrey Bogart, um, Audrey Hepburn, Sabrina, William Holden. Um, and we watched it and we were like, cool. But before we did it, I thought, well, if we're gonna do Sabrina in that case, why not do Some Like It Hot first and do a real, and I didn't know if, the, if Sabrina would be good, but I knew Some Like It Hot was good and it's Billy Wilder, it was a few years, maybe one year earlier. So we did some like it hot and it was gangbusters and it went down very well. Um, and then we watched the apartment um, to totally go off on one. And that went down extremely well. Um, and then we watched uh, Sabrina, which was great, but not as good as those two. So I was like, oh no, I'm losing it. So then we watched, even though it's not Billy Wilder, we watched Bringing Up Baby, uh, which went down well. So we had this like this whole run and then I was like, well, we're on like this whole like lemon thing. And then I was like, well, let, and we're on a Billy Wilder thing. And so we watched um, the uh, Billy Wilder, Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau. And it's those two for the first time in the fortune cookie from 66, I think. And then we did the odd couple, which isn't Billy Wilder, but it's those two again. 
Um, and then yesterday, I think it was, we watched Buddy Buddy, which is them again, again, Billy Wilder, but this was 81. So Billy Wilder was 80 when he directed that. And then this evening, Jimmy, I could have watched a Harrison Ford film that I've never seen before, but instead I watched with Martushka um, Grumpy Old Men, just to finish off the Walter and, and Jack that we've just been doing. And just like, we're not going to watch Out to Sea, um, and we're probably not going to watch The Odd Couple too, and we're not going to watch Grumpier Old Men, but just to finish off that, um, just, and it was, it was charming. So we've had a real, and also during that, we watched um, The Bad News Bears, um, just for a Walter Mathel thing from 76. So we've had a whole, like over the last couple of weeks, like a real... Nice, Sheppy. Uh, yeah. And you avoided Dennis, but uh, that was just a good thing for <laughs> did, So what, um, did you, was it added pathos then to Grumpy Old Men with that kind of lead up to yes. it? Or, yeah. Yes, nice. yeah, a million times. It was just nice seeing them together. It's, you know, it's not, it, it's, it's fine. It's, I've never seen it before. I was never tempted to see it before. But I was like, yeah, that would be a good thing to... To do and i knew it was like popular when it came out it was like a surprise hit in 93 and they had the sequel and it sort of revived that that double bill that that team uh the partnership because then they did out to sea and grumpier old men and the odd couple too which i have to say i'm interested about because it's neil simon again but it can't be very good surely i don't really yeah. but anyway it's it's, it's a very nice experience so we're also going to watch uh taking of pelham one two three just to get into the math hour of talk, and I've been meaning to watch that for ages. And then we, because there's, uh, when I was in Cornwall, I was actually looking for my DVD of taking a Pelham 123, and I couldn't find it because loads of them had been put up into the attic, but I did find the getaway, so we watched that. So I had my 70s fix, but I also found switching channels, and I was oh like, God. oh God. Because I've been looking everywhere for switching channels and I haven't been able to find it. So I've got it on DVD, but I can't. My DVD player on my computer or my lappy doesn't work anymore. It blew up a few years ago. So I've got it, but I've, so I brought it back to Poland with me along with some other things. And I'm going to take them to this place I know, which I took some VHSs, which did the, you know, the uni film that you watched with your, which, which you're in for two seconds. Um, so I take it to the place, I'll get it digitized, put it on a USB, switching channels. Because I've got access on uh, TCM, I believe, of the front page, the 1931 front page, and bringing um, 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 His Girl Friday, um, so which I think is 38. So that's nice. And so then Billy Wilder, Jack Lemmon, Walter Mathel, the front page remake in 74, and then switching channels. So to finish off this whole like old school and 70s and wow. stuff, doing wow. those four. So that's good. So I'm going to get myself over to the radio and TV building, which is a couple of tram stops away. At some point, when I can be bothered, when I'm not sitting around watching Adam Sandler films on Netflix, eating like massive bowls of cereal when I can watch it up time, then I'll, I'll go off there with my Switching Channels DVD, which I'm looking at right now. It's beautiful. So that's good. I took loads <laughs> of photos of my DVDs whilst I was there. Like, because I've been influenced, I've been brainwashed by Instagram. People are always taking photos of their DVDs. Because I'm going to take some photos of mine, which is why I sent you a photo of possibly Howard the Duck, um, maybe Kroll. Uh, so anyway, so that was nice. Amazing. Nice yes, yes. Listen, I'm going to leave the, the, the A, switching channels would be an amazing thing to watch before a Superman uh, pod as well, potentially. Yes. B, um, 
let me try and keep us on some degree of track because we've had a lovely wonderful 30 minute preamble without mentioning really <laughs> properly mr Harris not at all <laughs> I've, I've gone out of my way to avoid it um because i didn't even mention that i have watched the harrison ford 1995 <laughs> sabrina but i just try not to get into it but yes that is why we're here but i knew this preamble would be long because i knew that i you know i haven't talked for a little while i mean no it's been a while isn't it yeah i knew i wanted to mention the billy wilder stuff and i knew that i couldn't let the drive thing go again so i knew 30 minutes is pretty much what i expected but you're it's right enough. jimmy have we done the introduction did i did i blink? we haven't really so i'll do one just for for uh the pin um but yes welcome to shoulders of blooming giants i've just changed wow. the name for future gods <laughs> is that uh, gonna be on this on like the web page and so forth <laughs> gonna be like boink like joe pesci on the lethal weapon 3 poster it's gonna come up <laughs> blooming boink different font wacky as fuck we're getting desperate <laughs> And you know what, funny enough, on the Friends pod, I throw to you and I say, hey, Shep, you do a way better job of this than me. And then, uh, and it's really funny. It is a funny moment. Like, and then you sort of, <laughs> do you, totally you do, you up. start articulate and short and sharp, and then it goes a little bit haywire and it's really fun. <laughs> um, I can't remember quite what you said, but it did make me laugh out loud. Anyway, so uh, yes, welcome to Shoulders of Giants. I'm Jimmy. And... Hello, I'm Sheppy. Ah, don't talk over me. Oh, I thought that was a perfect and. Oh, Sheppy, that was nice. <laughs> anyway. But, um, <laughs> it's uh, a real, this is a big production, one of me. I see. <laughs> so I'm getting wrapped on the head for comic effect. Oh, yeah, I'm all for it. I'll be peck. <laughs> um, and yeah, look, we're, the, we're normally, regularly, uh, the What If podcast for films, sequel, prequels, podcast. God. I'll edit that. No, I'm a bit tired. No. Hang on. You yeah. have the audacity to say of my fizzling friends fiasco. <laughs> but this I say, this is a crash and burn. And that was probably my <laughs> first attempt. This is not your yeah, first well, attempt. No, it's I not my first it. rodeo. Um, I'll tell you what. Yeah. You're right though. No, Help you are right. Be. You're I'm your only hope. That's the wrong franchise. But I will say this. Generally speaking, uh, you're right, Jimmy. We are all of those things, more or less, that you say. Today is one of the bubble episodes where we're talking about something specific and different. Previously, um, we did one about Tom Cruise. And I didn't realise, I totally forgot it, actually, the Tom Cruise conversation we had was only really preamble to us discussing Maverick. Pop uh, Gun 2. Uh, not the Richard Donner film. So with that in mind, we've already done Dial of Destiny, which is just as well, because we loved Maverick. And so the whole thing was really joyous. If we did a whole thing now about, spoiler, I was a thought. That's right. No one who's listening, if they're still here, is knowing that we're going to talk about House of Thought today. But it's nice that we're not doing it um, carriaged up to Dial of Destiny because, spoiler, we were the biggest fans of that. Um, Jimmy really talked me off the ledge. But I will say this. Um, <laughs> Sorry for that. Both, <laughs> well, I mean, come on now. I loved it. I, I loved it to start with. Then you got me down to the best one-star movie I've ever seen, Sheppy. So to be fair, I think we both yeah, helped each other. We, we helped each other, perhaps. But today, we're not going to focus. Well, we, we'll talk about everything. We're going to talk about Harry because he's a big deal uh, for both of us and, and for many, 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 many people. For obvious reasons, of course, he played Han Solo and Indiana Jones. You and I, particularly Jimmy, grew up in the 80s, so those two figureheads not least, of course, from an adult point of view or an older point of view, 
it's a brilliant performance and so forth. But you know, as a kid, yes, it's a brilliant performance and it, you know, it's amazing, you know, brilliant and great films and so forth. And then other things that he was in that I always just remember really, really, he was always my number one, Harrison Ford. Um, and I'm sure it's the same for, for most people. And not just because of Han and Indy. Um, even as a, as a youth, I used to weep in witness. So, you know, I, I'm all, I've always been about it. And I remember you've always been about it too, am I right? Yeah, absolutely, Shepi. And I remember he, us being sort of so obsessed with him. And then you, <laughs> I'm playing this card early. I remember saying to you, Shepi, what would you ever do if you met Harrison Ford? And your stock answer was, well, I'd punch him in the face. <laughs> I was like, what? And he goes, because then he'd remember me. <laughs> it's such a valid point. I remember, um, what were we, um, I'm saying 12 when we had that yeah, conversation. I think something like that, yeah. <laughs> I, I stand by that. That is good stuff because, my God, give him a second scar. Give it a, a crisscross on his chin <laughs> because he must have everyone going, oh, my God, Mr. Ford, you're great. Um, yeah. Well, good, yes, Sheppy, um, previous regeneration of Sheppy and I uh, see eye to eye on this one. So fair play <laughs> to that. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it up, because I'm very proud of that. <laughs> um, do you remember, I mean, I'm assuming Star Wars or Indie was the first Harry film you saw? Yeah, it's it's impossible to tell you. I think Star Wars probably, and then Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom next, and then Raiders, because that was the order I saw them, and then it's just all in one big bubble of happy, happy uh, adulation, and I just... I think even then, Sheps, and now, like when you look at it as objectively as we can, he's sort of, I don't know, like my, my, the, all, if you think about all the Chris's now, I'm just going all the Chris's now, Pine, Pine Pratt, all of that, who sort of right. want to be forwards in a way, like they've kind of got okay. similar sort of vibes, particularly, I feel like our man from Parks, who, by the way, I really, yeah, I like Pratt Chris and Pratt. Pine, yeah, definitely. I, you know. I like them both, right? I like them both. It's hard to not think of like Pine as the next Shatner or whatever, like, you know. But but bottom line is, you know, but but Pratt for me in the Jurassic Park uh, World movies is sort of trying yeah. to channel a Ever. bit of Harrison Ford, and so yeah. let's just stick with him for a second. I don't mean to be mean to him because I do like it. I'm happy that he got that career after Parks, but nonetheless, he's there. You got Harrison Ford, and then maybe you got Humphrey Bogart or something, you know. And right. for me, Harrison Ford has got sort of he's in this sort of really interesting straddling of the two eras where he's bringing this thing that's more adult and real, and the humor is natural. He's really laconic. He's really like he's kind of he doesn't necessarily want to be there. And you know what I mean? And that's really cool. He's always slightly and, reluctant. Yeah. And yeah. and I love that. And and that special charisma and he's got incredible comic timing. Um, it is sort of like yeah. you know, it's very the weird. other guys have got like and... bits of it, but not all of it. You know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah. The new guys. Han Han has roguish charm, and you might attribute that to a certain boyishness, but I would never say Han is boyish. Whereas the others all have boyish charm, but and, and Indy certainly does. You know, he has roguish charm. He has a certain you know, charm, definitely. 
but not boyish. And that's the thing. He's, yeah, he was always like an adult. People from the 70s, and Indy ultimately, it was 1981, but it still had tendrils of the 70s coming into that film. And that's there in Harrison Ford. And I, what you said about him bridging the two, I mean, yeah, I mean, God, I mean, and, and he was in Star Wars, which of course is the ultimate you know, key of that particular bridge of old world and new world and so forth and blockbuster and blah blah and classic and data and yes Humphrey Bogart and certainly Cary Grant and I've always said this Jimmy Harris if if, the, if their timelines merged Harrison Ford is one of the quintessential Hitchcock leading men who just yeah. never got the chance because they never were in sync time wise but He's got a Cary Grant thing going on. He's got a bogey thing. He's certainly got a Henry Fonda, young Henry Fonda thing going on. He's certainly got the, um, you know, on the run, Innocent Man on the Run, which Hitchcock perfected over like eight films. And and my God, how he lent into that. Like in Frantic, The Fugitive, my God, and What Lies Beneath are all Hitchcock films. Yeah. Um, and brilliant yeah. Hitchcock films, which weren't Hitchcock. And so he's done it. And whilst I'm on this, actually, Jimmy, I'll tell you this. In one of the classic what-ifs, David Cronenberg was going to make his own adaptation before Verhoeven in the late 80s of We Can Remember It For You Wholesale by Philip K. Dick, which then became Total Recall. Don't know if that would have been the title, but he wanted, uh, in his version, which would have, of course, been literally just different, 100% different. It's Cronenberg writing from the same thing. It would be just something totally different. He wanted either Jeff Bridges to play Doug Quaid, Doug Quaid, or maybe William Hurt, or maybe Harrison Ford. And it's like, oh, God. If Harrison Ford was like, oh, okay, then obviously the studio was a yes, we'll make it with Harrison Ford above, you know, bless Will and Jeff. But, so imagine that, like oh, yeah. a Total Recall oh, or yeah. something else with a different title, uh, in that same Hitchcockian man on the run, not knowing what's going on, uh, average Joe, um, so that would that's a tantalizing i wouldn't sacrifice our universe for that but i wouldn't mind a slider and go over <laughs> with john just to check that out because that I, that's lovely i have to say that's the only flaw with total recall is you can never quite believe arnie's an average joke and he, like, no, a, but he's, he's like a big builder and shit yeah, that's you know, true that's because true. He, even though the guy Rico, 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 who's in Die Hard 2 and stuff who's with him is like this massive slob but Arnie's like I do the same job as you but it's just a face so yeah I mean I, I love that film I love that film so much so it can do what it wants um but yeah with, with like a sort of an office stiff like a low level you know pencil pusher Harrison Ford type who's like rumpled and fucked up and then that happens and a version of that story happens. Yeah. Oh my God. And Cronenberg, can you imagine the fucking alien mutant oh, things? I want to see yeah. Harry pulling something out of his own nose. I'm very happy. That would be amazing. <laughs> um, that so... wouldn't have happened. That's, 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 that would be, but you did make me just drop water on my leg, on my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some traits actually of Harry's that that I I like that I just jotted down a few of them that I think he's really good at and one of them I put was like wincing in pain uh, reference yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark fugitive sewing himself up etc but perhaps pulling something out of his nose it would have been great it would have been great. yeah he could do it he could do it he's very good at looking confused uh, and he's very good at like yeah the wincing in pain and of course whilst we talk about that we better mention the scowl. And the point, uh, oh, the point of course. God. And and the point is very famous, but 
you're the first person to me who pointed out the point, and you're you're the one who drew my attention to it. And probably when we watched Kilometers and Dangerous, he said, "Have you noticed? Have you got a favourite point?" <laughs> oh wow! I mean, centre point. I don't. I mean, off the top of my head, I have no idea. The one that comes immediately to my mind is from Patriot King. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it must be the one. If you can't deny the power of the point, so if we're both drawn to it, then it must be the Patriot Games point to which it happens. It's because it's probably ten years. It's the most furious point, and it's the word where it should be a Harry punch, but instead it's a point, and yes. yet it's more powerful than a punch. Oh, it's so perfect. Much. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. And that also sums up Jack Ryan's in heaven's strength, not physicality, but passion within. So there you go. He beat Clancy at his own game, and not only that, he shut up an entire Irish pub. This might be where I got my beginning of my Roger Moore Bond film, but he shuts up an entire Irish pub with a point, and he, and he shuts up... Um, Yes, Sinn Féin, with a point. And then he's like, he's off. So, yeah, no, it's good. It's good stuff. Mr. Ryan, Mr. Ryan, point. And he shuts the fuck up. <laughs> um, wonderful. I'm going to say quickly, and we get more into depth and everything, but I think generally, my, my from my point of view, we talk about regenerations and stuff. Harry was working as an actor in the 60s and 70s. Um, and from my end, uh, I think that from 1980 to 1995, is an uninterrupted spell of superstardom, uh, consecutive, beautiful hits, which for my, I have no idea if watching those Billy Wilder films show me anything, as I know nothing, but in Manuel sense, but um, I don't know, 15 years in a row. So, you know, so obviously Star Wars was 77 and shit, but from Empire, and we'll go through the whole list later, but I will say 95 is clear and present danger, which I really like. And I would argue it, that was the drop-off. And after that, there was Devil's Zone and Hearts and Sabrina and, and Hollywood Homicide and da, da, da. And he turned down some stuff that um, you know, we can, I, I actually maybe know talking a minute. But it's like uh, th those 15 years, though, is, um, is great. And people generally say the two quote-unquote failures of that era were like Working Girl, which is great, I assume. And you saw that fairly recently, yeah. I believe. And I saw it years ago. But if that's considered one of the weaker Harry efforts from that 15-year block, then it's a Mike Nichols, like, classic, you know, right? And, and Mosquito Coast is a downright five-star masterpiece. Um, so good for Harry, I say. Yeah, I agree, Sheppy. And I, I'm interested you didn't start it from 77. I'm trying to remember. I've got the, the list well, here as well. But my, I just... my, ultimately, and we will go through, we will go through. So, But I will just say Star Wars 77 but 78, 79 were mm. not like Harry's here, but because Empire was Empire and then because it was Raiders and it was Raiders that made Harry, you know, if it wasn't for Raiders, I know Harry You're would right. have had a great career, but he wouldn't have had the same career. Um, it's like he wouldn't have been Mark Hamill, but he wouldn't have been Harrison Ford, if you know what I mean. Yeah, That's totally. But Empire was 80 and, you know, so, so he was all right. There's yeah. a. I'm he really was interested. Already signed on. Sorry, but uh, was already signed on to be in Blade Runner before Raiders came out. So he did have that lined up, and I know that because Ridley was going to have him wearing a fedora type, you know, trilby type, because he was a private eye, um, and he was going for that bogey type thing. Uh, but then he saw Harry just wearing his fedora. He said, "What are you doing wearing that?" He's like, "I'm wearing it in this new film, and I'm just wearing it all the time now." And he's like, "Fuck." 
So that's why Decker doesn't Decker doesn't have a, a hat. Do androids <laughs> dream of electric hats? So so there you go. Nice. Nice. I like that that probably what six month period where Harrison Ford was able to wear a fedora in public. And then yes. it would have just been really wanky and he'd have been recognized everywhere. So he can't. Oh my god. He, well after Raiders came out, he could never wear a fedora yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> so he was enjoying it whilst he could. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I, 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 by the way, just in terms of things, I found out some films that Harry turned down, some of which I'm well, one of which I'm happy about. But the other ones, I'm like, oh, that's another thing. Like in the late, you know, second half of the 90s into the early 2000s, when he was still going for his Harry career before he sort of, I don't want to say gave up, but he settled into a sort of a, a different, you know, style and he was in like secondary roles and so forth after that and slowing it down. But the things he turned down, I mean, in 93, he was offered, I believe, Alan Grant by Spielberg for Jurassic Park. Um, mm. But I'm glad he said no because you know Sam Neill has certainly, you know, been had a great career, but he was you know he wasn't a superstar. So I think having Harry, you know, Jurassic Park, you don't want a mega star because the dinosaurs are not star. So so that's it. I agree. But I also I knew this. He turned down Traffic, the Michael Douglas role in the Soderbergh, I believe, is 2000, and that would have been a good time for him to have done that film. But Douglas, I might be totally wrong. I know people won Oscars for that film, and I don't know if Douglas was nominated. But, you know, so, so there you go. So that's perhaps retrospectively as fuck, but, uh, or retroactively as well uh, as fuck. That would have been nice for him if he could do that. But there you go. He was also offered the um, uh, Russell, um, Kurt Russell role in Vanilla Sky. Uh, and you can totally see that. And... The Kurt Russell in Vanilla Sky role was clearly Atticus Finch, which is Gregory Peck. And Kurt Russell does a great Gregory Peck type look. And again, he's cut from the same cloth, but Harry, of course, is better cloth from a better section. Uh, but nonetheless, um, so th that's a shame. It would have been nice to see him go face to face with Cruz or face to mask with Cruz in that. That would have been nice. And this is the kicker for me. He was offered Nick Nolte's role in Cape Fear. Can you fucking imagine? I that's the one. That's two, that, that's ninety-two. I would fucking sacrifice Patriot Games, and I fucking love Patriot Games. I would sacrifice it to see him being directed by Scorsese, going toe to toe with De Niro, playing that role. I I can so see it as well. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So that's that's a kicker. Amazing. I wonder why. Maybe because the Jack Ryan situation popped up, because that's that's more, you know, and maybe it's because he didn't want to go second fiddle to De Niro, because that's why he turned down uh, Hunt for October, because he didn't want to go second fiddle to Ramius and to Connery, especially straight after last day. So, so he didn't. So maybe that's why. So Alec Baldwin was like, "Hooray! You've turned down Hunt for October. Great, I'll do it." Oh, now I'm going to do Pedro games. Oh no, House of Paul's just turned down Cape Fear. Now he's taking that. Oh well, I'll do The Fugitive. Oh no, House of Paul's taking that away from me as well. That's a true story. No wonder he grew so bitter. Oh. So yeah, good old Harry. But what can you do? Um, <laughs> he also, by the way, turned down uh, the Hanks role in Da Vinci Code, and I can see why. It's like too similar. Robert Langdon, uh, his role is too similar to. Uh, so, but again, a bad career move ultimately because those films were huge and this was like 2006 I think so that would have been 
yeah, that was during a moment where you probably could have done with a massive hit. But yeah. Um, and also, um, yeah, I don't know. He, he probably should have done a third Jack Ryan film, but he turned that down as well. So that, that probably didn't help, I dare say. So again, but you know, instead of that, and we've talked about this before, but it's really opened up my eyes. Instead of that late, you know, the second half of the 90s, imagine if like in 97 and 99, or like 96, or let's just say 95, 97 and 2000, and then 2003 and 2006, he just made Indiana Jones film. Uh, wouldn't, sure. that, wouldn't that be lovely? And, you know, at the time I would have been against that because I didn't know what was ahead and I have no, no hard feelings, knowing that yeah they're not going to be as good as that trilogy from the 80s but they will be good they'll be good they'll be really good they won't be genius masterpieces like those three but they'll be fucking good and maybe Spielberg won't direct Amistad or Lost World or something or maybe you know Ron Howard will get on I, I would be all for it I really would yeah so there too. you go I never have seen any of the Da Vinci Code movies. I seem to remember like even in the books he was described as a Harrison Ford type Langdon. So that's sort of yeah. it's an interesting sort of vibe there. But uh yeah, he's um I, I, I don't know if like I lo I love your Cape Fear thing. I wonder though with Nick Nolte whether he there's something about Nick Nolte in that movie though, he just feels like a nineties dad though, where Harrison <laughs> Ford might be a wee bit more distracting and and a little bit more of a sort of a a you know a mano a mano with De Niro where Nolte even though he's physically bigger doesn't feel like he could even really land a blow properly on Max I, Cady I you know there's Harrison something Ford there is, Harrison Ford would be able to act if Nolte can act like physically not imposing them Harrison Ford certainly yeah. yeah so I don't think his yeah. ego would be like and now I beat up Max Cady Maybe it was the adultery aspect. Maybe it is because he does hire those other people to beat him up, counselor, and all of that. Maybe because the, that character is like not you know, perfect. Maybe that is why he turned it down. Or maybe it's because he wanted to do Jack Ryan and he doesn't like Alec Baldwin. Or maybe because he just didn't want to do a second fiddle, which ultimately he would be. No matter what, it's always going to be good in a show. So maybe that is why. It's a shame. Yeah. It just. Harrison Ford at his pomp with Scorsese and De Niro is pretty great. Would have been cool, man. So, what's your what do you what do you want to do, Benjamin? What do you want, Benjamin? I've never called oh, you Benjamin. People could be able to find <laughs> out your identity. <laughs> I, I don't think it's that hard. Ultimately, um, I'm going to mention some things very very quickly. If that's okay, no, please. Uh, I just wanted to know because I've got something I'd love to do with you. I'd love to like do a because I did a I did a spin through the list and to my sort of surprise, I realised I'm basically done. I think half of his movies. So call myself a Harrison Ford fan. That's ridiculous. Well, I'd love to know what your stats are me, on that. I've, I've got a whole thing. Um, I, I, let me, I'll tell you what. How about we, we just, I'll mention some like quick bullet points about some things. Um, and then we can go through the IMDb's and we can just talk about it. And we can skim through some stuff and just touch on other stuff. Um, and then we can do the top 10. Or we can do the top 10 before the IMDb. But before either of those options, I'll just quickly mention I like the fact that Harrison Ford, his little chin scar, every now and then it pops up into the narrative and you're told how the character 
got his version of the scar. Happens with Indy, happens with Working Girl. I'm sure it happens in some other thing. It's very nice. So that's nice. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> I think in real life he crashed his car, is what I've heard. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I've heard conflicting reports. I heard something about walking into a lamppost or something. I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe he drove into a lamppost. What I heard most recently on the street was he was trying to do his seatbelt up whilst driving and he drove into a lamppost. But in the past, I had heard that he was drunk driving, so who knows. Wow. Um, there you go. I also remember, and maybe you do too, in 1990 or 91, there was a special Wogan. Normally on Wogan, the chat show, you would have three guests, as were usual um, in that sort of format. But this was a special one because it was Harrison Ford in like 91 or 90, and they had him on. You know what? It was 90 because it was when Presumed Innocent was out, and Wogan made a, made a crack because Ford already had his regarding Henry hair. And and everyone in the media, it was like with Hugh Grant or Jennifer Aniston, everyone went crazy with presumed innocent because he had really short hair. And so Wogan said to Harrison Ford, there's something different about you now. So there is. And he <laughs> said, hair grows. And the audience were like, ah! <laughs> so anyway, that was a big, you know, it was like an hour Wogan v. Ford. It was hardcore. Um, so I remember that. I don't remember. I don't know. Do you, do you happen to remember? That? I don't remember that, Sheppy, but I have done stuff. a few Wogan uh, rabbit holes on YouTube, so I'm going to try oh. and find that. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's very it's rewarding, your Wogans. <laughs> yeah, well, you bloody going to love tell. Um, oh, by the way, Harrison Ford has a species of ant and spider named after him due to his conservation work. So there you go. Um, <laughs> Amazing. He flies around. He's a pilot, which many people know, and he's picked people up from forest fires like Rambo and shit. So he's he's a real hero, but even though he's crashed into golf courses occasionally. Um, he was a roadie with the doors, for God's sake. Wow. So that's I a, never knew that's that. a story. Yeah, huge. He um he worked, of course, as a carpenter. Yeah, I've seen a photo of him with Harry Mendel, I believe. Uh, Sergio Lopez, perhaps, um, loving it. Um, great body, young Ford, amazing, real six pack, great stuff, real beachnik vibes. Um, he was in a Japanese beer ad in the late 80s, early 90s. Probably many other Japanese things, like in the 80s and 90s, a lot of Hollywood stars did adverts, commercials in, the, in, in Japan, just like Bill Murray um, in Think and Lost in Translation, because they're like, we're going to get paid fucking. $3 million for like one day's work. Um, yes, of course. And the best thing is they'll see it in Japan and no one will ever see it in Europe or <laughs> in the States. And then YouTube comes along and they're like, fuck. And so they, uh, I heard about these things, but I've seen them. I, I don't like revisiting, but yeah, I've seen a House of Ford beer advert, which is awkward, but not as awkward as the Sean Connery one where he sings with a cartoon bear. Really fucking awkward. Nonetheless, um, also, <laughs> I remember from ages ago, from the time anyway, but also in the box set VHSs from like the 90s, uh, there was a making of for Raiders from the time, from 81. Um, and there's one scene where, which always stayed with me, where it's in the Well of Souls set, and you see Spielberg sitting down with Ford, and, you know, with all the crew, and Derek Mendings running around in the background and stuff. 
and Spielberg is talking forth through him climbing up onto the thing and the pillar crashes down and goes through the wall, he goes into the next chamber and Spielberg is really into it, flipping through his storyboards in front of Ford. You know, and then he climbs up there and the snake comes out and he's doing this and then halfway through this field, Ford just kind of gets up and he's holding this massive sandwich dressed, of course, as Jones. And he starts to wander off and Spielberg like trails off and he's dumbfounded. He's like, ah, and Ford, and he's not mugging to the camera or anything. He's just oblivious. He's just like, oh, I'm going to get some mustard. And he, and he sort of goes over to the like, draft table. And Spielberg is like, uh, and he's not even angry. He just can't can't even. And he's like, hey, you're really enraptured with the story. Hey, Harrison. And he can't, he can't believe it. Um, years later, I found out Ford is a massive hothead. He's a real smoker man. And I wonder if he was just really stoned. Uh, I don't know. But that, you know, that would explain certain things. Good for him. Either way, uh, Greg Proops told a story, which he was told by a driver who, this driver in 88, uh, drove Harrison Ford from his hotel in London every morning to, the, to uh, Shepparton, I guess, maybe Pinewood, the last crusade. And um, one morning Harrison Ford came out with like a, a frying pan from his suite in, you know, in the hotel. And the frying pan had like a tablecloth or uh, a dishcloth uh, over the top of it. And he runs into the back of the car and they start driving him over to the studio. And then he lifts it up and a massive amount of ganja smoke just wafts out. <laughs> and he like starts breathing it in. And then he and he says to the driver in the rearview mirror, I ran out of papers. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so, you know, great proofs wouldn't lie. The driver wouldn't lie. So anyway, so that's another nice little Harry tit bit. Um, which is that's amazing. Amazing, yes. man. Well, yeah, I, I feel I know, I didn't know my appreciation is richer. It's really nice. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> he has a reputation for being humorless, but I think he's just more stoic. But I think he's very dry. I think dry he's lent into what people love about him. But yes. I think he knows enough, you know, and I, his regeneration is, has obviously gone through various stages. But the latest one now, I think he's let the guard down a bit, you know, for the Dial of Destiny yeah. round. He was quite emotional in a few interviews and whatnot. And there's a there's yeah. an amazing clip, Sheppy. Have you ever seen it of David Blaine doing a magic trick on him in his kitchen? No. It's on YouTube. I might even put it on the webpage if I could get I to it, it again. But it's really, man, it is like a side of Harry you never see in his kitchen, oh. absolutely blown away by a David Blaine trick oh. where he gets emotional at the trick. And it's not even Harry now. It's Harry of about 10, 12 years ago. But he's yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, you know, it's really, like, he's really, really <laughs> amazed by David Blaine's magic. It's very cute. That's great. Um, and he's a real old man. You know, he's just an old man, just yeah, overwhelmed yeah, yeah. by the magic <laughs> trick. It's really cute. Um, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Um, the thing about Harry is, yes, we mentioned him being like an old school type movie star, like your Cary Grant, your Bogies, and so forth. And yet, he, because he was in Star Wars and because Star Wars did what it did, he, he rode that wave, but still sort of maintained this element. But I, I think he survived that through the 90s. But then, yeah, I, I guess with like Marvel and so forth, he had trouble, I think, adapting. Just like Cary Grant, David Niven, everyone had trouble adapting to the 60s style of cinema and then certainly the 70s. Yeah, Ford was like, oh, my God. Well, and he tried to do like, you know, a few things like Firewall. Didn't really, you know, he was trying to do a sort of a Patriot Games type thing in like 2006 or something. And then he, you know, and he, he did Cowboys and Aliens, which I, I think he was just like, well, I guess kids like this sort of thing. 
there's um but you know i don't think he really dug it particularly he just did it because he thought okay uh, and now he's in marvel and which is amazing he's going to play um he's taking over william hurt um who, who died as, as thunderbolt ross which means if they ever do an incredible hulk film with ruffalo thunderbolt ross will be played by harrison ford who is the comic version of mr mcgee essentially can you imagine that harrison ford versus the hulk that's if that amazing. film had been made with those two in let's say 2010 that would be pretty special but anyway that's nice um yes yes well, i um give you that. a few little yes. harry bullets too then chefs just do. quickly because then uh then we can get into the meat of the other bits so i've just put here what have i bloody put I have put Sheppy Punch. We talked about that. We talked about the fact he's laconic. We talked about the point. Um, he's got really good. One of his ticks I really like Sheppy is that he's really good at sort of doing something and talking in an agitated way. Or like you know, and there's an example of that in the one I watched for him too, which I'll tell you later. But like even just traveling through hyperspace, saying like Dustin Croft's boy, you know that he's playing around with his controls on the Falcon there. Like you know he's. He's, it's not necessarily the line reading you go for. It's actually perfect and it's iconic now, but like, you know, it's not necessarily what you would do, but he's just really good at being busy and talking, I think, anyway. And <laughs> one of his things he does really <laughs> well is like just his confrontational moment. Like, and one of my favourite ever Harry moments is just him walking through the gala at the end of Fugitive going... You switched the records, didn't you? You know that, like you know, just is really, it's just really nice when he knows he's right. <laughs> um, I said yeah. he's really, yeah. really, really good at being injured and wincing. I said Raiders and Fugitive. He's really good at sort of being really, like the the wry smile, and then sort of the punch in the face, and then the sort of the like the lips. Sort of <laughs> like the, he does a really good oh, like switch. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Always really like that. Um, He's very good at delivering heroic lines, but in a throwaway way. I don't know, yeah. I'm making it up as I go along. Um, oh, yeah, it, it, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, that's that sort of, and that's also the laconic thing, that isn't it, too? And it's just the. It's the shooting the guy. I mean, because oh. he had dysentery, but the shooting the swordsman, it's, that's the, the version of his, you know, of the same thing. It's, yes, it's that. He. Yeah. Um, the and he's a really decent comedian, Sheppy. I've just put, I've got a moment in, I mean, look, spoiler alert, I'm watching, I watched Hollywood Homicide, right? So there's a moment in that that I hadn't even shown or told you about yet that he's really funny in that I'm going to tell you about when we get to it. And like, and, and it's a really brilliant comedic beat. And he's really funny and working girl. He's really charming and fun. And he has a whole scene where he changes his shirt in his office before he goes on to the next thing. And it's really fun and great. And it's just a nice little moment. And, and Last Crusade, I'm going to tell you, is funnier than most comedies, certainly these days. Yeah. And he's really funny in it. And uh, anyway, just perfect timing. And yeah, and I just... With I, that in mind... No, please, sorry. No, 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 no. That's why I was going to go to the next point. So, Well, I was just going to say, talking about funny and so forth, have you seen Shrinking? No, I haven't. Is it? it I saw the first ep, actually. I need to kind of revisit that. Yeah. Was it? Is it good? Yeah. Is it... Yeah, it's lovely. It's like, oh. I mean, it's, it's, it's Ted Lasso-esque. Obviously, it's Goldstein. It's um, What's-His-Face, who did Scrubs, and um, and Siegel. And it's, um, so it's that vibe of Ted Lasso. Um, it's very affecting. It definitely actually hit me at a certain moment. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, it's, it is. It's good. It's, it's, 
and anyway, my point is that Harry is wonderful. I'm so glad Actually, he chose to do it. It's so good that he's done it. Like it's just so. Goldstein said, like um, that during the, one of the, the first table read, and he could see Harry's sort of mild surprise and kind of happiness that people were laughing when he was reading the funny lines and doing it in the performance around the table, and he was all getting into it and like oh, and he sort of and Goldstein could see him like his his sails taking wind and so forth, and it was like oh that's that's amazing. Um, so I like that, and also there's a guy in shrinking who plays like a lawyer who's um i think and he's, he has a scene with, with ford and so he was on the goldstein podcast and he was talking about this and he was like um harrison ford he said like understands the camera better than anyone in the world and they were doing a scene where it's just a very quiet moment and they think he's uh Ford's lawyer and they're sitting quietly and the at the beginning of the scene that starts with the lawyer saying something to the Harrison Ford character and they did a take and then they're about to do the second take and Harrison Ford says to the guy who of course is like just trying not to freak out because he's going to see Harrison Ford Harrison Ford just says after action can you just like give it you know a long beat you know, three or four seconds before you say your lines say, okay so he's like action and he just looked at Harrison Ford before he did his line and Harrison Ford was just there and he's like, okay, and they got, you know, and he delivered his line and have support replied, and the scene played out. And then he was like, okay, and it wasn't until we watched the episode, he sees in that beat, the character is like lost in his own thoughts about this whole thing else, you know, which is going on. And when the lawyer speaks, it kind of snaps him out of it, and he's like, oh, and he comes back to the present. Uh, but it's so subtle, and, and, he, and he's just directly to the camera. And and the guy couldn't even see it during the moment, and it's like that's Harrison Ford, and I think that's pretty cool. That yeah. Good on him. Crikey, he's eighty or something now, isn't he? So fair play. Jesus wept. Right. <laughs> he's a pro. Well, uh, yeah. So those are my little Bond moments, Jeppy. I was just going to say, like that. I, I think he has made and benefited from some of the most iconic lines, hasn't he? I mean, just iconic lines of dialogue from, you know, I love you, Let's I know. Let's not forget to, that he's... Well, that's that's my point. You say benefited, He that's his line. Yeah. Um, he's That's his version of the shooting the soldier, uh, the swordsman again, who is meant to be, I love you too. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, he's, a, he's a genius. Well, there are other bullet points, because I, I think I... No, I don't think so, Sheps. I don't think so. I've, I've got little things to say, and I've got a Hollywood homicide few bon mots to share with you, and I've got well, my top ten, and, you know... That's great. Give... Well, shall we do the top ten now? I was thinking, just out yeah, of... Let's you know, almost cold, just jump straight into the top You're ten. not going to light me after mine, Sheppy. Return of the Jedi oh, isn't I... in it, so, I mean, just deal with dude, that. You know. Dude, buddy... Me neither. Oh wow! Um, so, so deal with that. <laughs> shall I? Shall I go first? Is that nice? Oh, do Shepi, you want? To yeah, do it, do it. Yeah. All right. Shall I, shall I start with one? I think I'll start no, go... with one. Okay. Okay. I think yeah, of so. course. Yeah, do one because it's probably more surprising at the other end, isn't it? Yeah. Go on. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and also, it goes without saying. This is loose. I've already rearranged things once, um, and. <laughs> It, if I if I looked at it and focused again, it would just always be rearranging. Basically, it's like bond orders. There's, there, 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 
certain ones are always in a certain amount of flux. But with that in mind, I've got, I've, I basically put in my 11 and some honorable mentions. Uh, my number one is Raiders. No discipline. No discipline, listeners. No, Jeez. no. Oh my gosh. No, certainly not. What are you talking about? What, you nuts? No discipline. But number one is Raiders. So get your mind around that. Uh, uh, number two, Empire. Number three, Temple of Doom. Number four, Witness. Number five, A New Hope. Number six, Crusade. Yeah. Number seven, Blade Runner. Number eight, Patriot Games. Number nine, The Fugitive. Number 10, Frantic. Wow. Number 11 is Jedi, probably. Um, and uh, honorable mentions, Mosquito Coast is brilliant. Blade Runner 2. Um, I, I I liked. I've only seen it once at the cinema, but I really liked it. What Lies Beneath, I fucking love. And I mentioned Cowboys and Aliens. I like it. Ford fucking doesn't, but um, but I I like it. Um, so so there you are. Um, what do you think about that? I really dig that, Chefs. Where was Blade Runner again? Blade Runner was number seven, and seven. I know certain people will be very unhappy that it's so low down. But what can you do? Uh, it's yes, yes. It's I mean. Ultimately, the question is, in terms of Jedi, certainly it's like, what films out of all of the House of Hordes do I con you know, conceivably like more? And that's really how, you know, because it's Jedi, it's fused in. But if I really like, just really try and be objective, um, and, you know, and I love Jedi, but yeah, Frantic, Fugitive, Patriot Games, Blade Runner, Crusade, New Hope, Witness, Temple, Empire, Raiders, pow. Yes. That is a pal. Uh, I've got a controversial couple actually for you as well. There's one that's lower down than you're going to be expected probably as well. My one, I went more. There's two factors that I considered, which were the rewatchability factor a bit for me, mm -hmm. and then what Harrison Ford means to me in it, like how much I love the performance or not, yes. Harrison Ford, which is why the the controversial one is in there probably. But um. Oh. So, uh, I mean, I say controversial, it's not that controversial. I'm sure but, uh, it's not going to be Hanover Street, so I wouldn't worry too much. But let's let, let's find out, I can't wait. Yeah, um, what's so, your number one? one and two are exactly the same, Raiders and Empire, absolutely. Yep, can't, can't, can't say fairer than that. Um, <laughs> and uh, three is Crusade, I've put, oh. in terms of rewatchability and everything and all the factors and everything. Yes, yes. Um, I've put Fugitive at four. So this is really nice. like playing a little bit here um, in a ridiculous moment of pedantry. And like, I don't <laughs> even know why I've got a joint number five of Patriot Games and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Nice. Um, then <laughs> <laughs> just so ridiculous. And then, and then at number seven, of course, because six is taken, therefore, um, yeah. Witness. Okay. Number eight, Star Wars, A New Hope. Mm. Number nine, Blade Runner. And here we go. Deal with it, Return of the Jedi fans and Secret Lights of Pets 2 fans. Um, <laughs> at number 10, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Sheppy. Wow, that yeah. is controversial. I did not see that coming. I didn't yeah. know you liked it. I didn't know you liked Patriot Games as much as Temple of Doom. And oh, I did not I know it. that you liked Force Awakens as much as that. 
Good yeah, man. Yeah, I, I, I like him in it. He's the best thing in Force Awakens by a country Certainly. mile. And of, if, if I'm sort of looking for a representative list and trying to get Crowbar a, a thing of like, you know, Harry's Twilight years and like the twinkliness, the delivery of the it's true, Certainly. all of it gives me shivers. It's like, Han Solo you know I mean? in that film. It really gives you what you want from Han Solo. Yeah, like, it really space. does. Certainly, yeah. certainly. There's no so denying it. So good yeah. for you, man. I love it. Um, so let me ask you very quickly then, because I really like Patriot Games, and I don't even know exactly why I like it so much. I haven't seen it that recently, but I saw it about five or six years, four or five years ago. Um, five years ago. Anyway, I, I really like it, and I don't know why. You did you have a video? And I agree with you. I watched it heaps, but there's no, but not for like 20 years, shall we say. But I just, I put it in for sheer love of it. And it's probably not even exciting anymore. But I remember loving the scene where Sean Bean, you know, is going for his wife in the car and Harrison Ford's trying to stop him and doesn't get there in time. It was all very exciting. It's Anne Archer again. And the exact same thing happens to her in Facial Attraction. She's driving along. I mean, Sean Bean doesn't shoot at her, but. He certainly crashes into a car. Um, so, so yeah, good stuff. Um, <laughs> good old Patriot Games. That's wonderful, Jimmy. I'm really happy Yeah, and that. it's not one Let that would be you. many. I thought Clear and Present might make it into yours, actually, I think. That's what I was thinking, wondering about. I, you know what yeah. it is about Clear and Present, which I really like Clear and Present, Danger, but I will say um, Patriot Games and Huntsford October have really distinctive, strong endings. Do you remember the Patriot Games ending? It's yeah, really house. clever. It's, yeah. Just, it's really random. It's just, it's about, it's like we shouldn't care as much as we do because the whole film hasn't been about it. But it's right at the end and it's in the kitchen and Anne Archer, you know, she's pregnant and she goes, do you want to find out since oh, the Thor Roberts and Harrison Ford? Do you want to find out about the sex? And they're like, and Thor Roberts and Harrison Ford go, oh, look at each other and they nod and go, okay. And so Anne Archer goes, oh, okay, thank you, and gets it off the from the phone just says thank you and hangs up and looks at Harrison Ford and then it's just the, sh- the last shot is just a close-up of Harrison Ford being like yeah you know but he doesn't say that you know, his expression is like yeah and then it just cuts the black and it's credits and it's like we should it, it's such a random ending but it really works it what you're like oh what's it gonna be <laughs> <But> it's <true. laughs> first in line for clear and present danger so much well exactly jack jr (laughs) spoiler but um also uh but my point also is that clear and present danger i think is a very strong film i think the first 20 minutes or 10 minutes aren't necessarily or at the very least could be made more exciting um but they're trying to be i don't know maybe too faithful to the book in that sense there could be a good action scene at the beginning um but even without that you could just remove the, the first bit on the boat where they find ship not necessarily, but mainly the ending. It's slightly anticlimactic uh, end for the bad guy, but also the very ending after he bollocks the president from all the adverts. How dare you, sir? But then he goes into Congress to testify, and again, it's just and it's Philip Noyce again. But it just the credits just roll and the music comes up as he walks and says, "I've come to testify." Ba 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 ba, and you're like, "Oh, okay." So because of that, it's a real transport I want to be. Because of the ending, um, I'm, it, it always leaves me like, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. So, so there you go. But I do like it. Can I ask you? Because I think it's actually quite few. Do you know how many Harris Harry films we've watched together at the cinema? Oh my God, Sheps. Four? What would you say? I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't. Think, I mean, can you tell me four? I can tell you four. I can tell you definitely one. <laughs> is that right? Just Last Crusade. Jesus I mean, wept. I mean, if you think about, well, why don't we go? I'd like to go through the list with you, and I want to get your stats. So, and we can pause and talk as we go, and I'll also update whether we saw it together in the cinema as we go to. How about that? And I just, I need to get the stats for the record now, <laughs> Chip. So that's that. Let let me. I'll, I'll I'll try and just at least prompt us on this bit then. So, it's, oh, I, I like that. So, so if we go, if we go all the way, so let me just open 66, my, my own dead heat on a merry-go-round. Now, this is the clip that's always shown, like on talk shows, like, and they think, like, you know, they always think, oh, you've never seen this before, and it's all the time, they show the clip, and yes, he's a bellhop pager, and he goes, you know, calling Mr. Coburn, or, you know, whoever James Coburn plays in the film, and he walks in. Um, so yes, and there's a story about the producer or something saying, um, you're not a star, you don't look like a star. When Gary Cooper came in, you, you know, when he was playing like a waiter, you knew he was a star. You're a bellhop. He goes, you know, I, I, don't, I look at you and I don't see a star. I see a bellhop. And Harrison Ford said, well, I thought I was meant to be playing a bellhop, not a star. And uh, so that was Harrison Ford's witty rejoinder, which uh, got him sort of laid off, I think. His contract like, <laughs> ripped up. So good on Harrison Ford, but yes, Dead Heat on Ogun. Never seen it, but I have seen the clip. Maybe they showed it on Wogan. What about Amazing. you? Amazing. I have not seen it, Sheppy. I have not seen it. And I, I have nice. seen the clip too. So I think we can both say it doesn't count as the Harry okay. seeing. And um, a time for killing. So he was in a... He, oh, I don't have that here. Um, the next one I've got is called Love. Yeah, me Are too. Nice. He's apparently Lieutenant Schaefer in A Time to Killing. A Time for Killing. Yeah. Okay. So in love, he plays Tyrek Motorist. Then you got the long ride home. Lots of TV. The Virginian. Ironside. That's cool. Uh, blah blah blah. I mean, oh, the, well, the Mod Squad. Um, that's got various famous people in it, um, including Peggy from Twin Peaks. So that's nice. He was in an episode of that. Beach Patrol Cop. Uh, my friend Tony, the FBI, love American style. Ah, now Zabriskie Point, which I saw once at university. That's um, and and Tioni, I think, directed that. Oh, I remember okay. being very bored of that. But he was an arrested student. Yep, he's got a mark so, there. That's good. All right, seen that one. He's playing a student, apparently. Sheps, so nice. Was it? Uh, there was one see, before uh, it as well. I don't know where this bloody list from. Journey to Shiloh. Um, Willie Bill Beard, and he's playing apparently 1968. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But anyway, so, so I've got a much more brisket. comprehensive. You've got a very comprehensive. Well, no, no. I mean, I basically haven't. I won't lie. I was pretty fucked. Uh, getting straight. I think in... you being in front of the screen during it counts, Shep. So I'm putting it down as a scene by Sheppy because if I start to not counting ones I've fallen asleep in a little bit, like I haven't seen any movies. I just <laughs> that's not true. I, I remember <laughs> watching the film and someone compared it to looking at a calendar photo because nothing happened and the image never changed. Um, but so so there you go. But I'm sure it's great. I don't know um, why this just popped in there, Sheps, but. I'm so gutted. Last night, I thought of like a hundred puns I was going to do at the beginning of this, 
which I haven't done, but I'm going to do a few now, which is just like, are you ready to Ford escort us through Harry's career? Have we got the Ford focus to see it through? Is this going to be a Ford Fiesta? Anyway, I had all of it last night, but it doesn't matter. More like a Ford Fiasco. Um, Brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was good because that's the sort of the build up and and everything. Then in 73, we have American Graffiti. Have we do. I have not, Sheppy, but I assume you must have. Yeah, but only once. But I did sit at the cinema, um, and that was a nice experience, and it's really good. And, and I say as well. Oh, oh sorry to interrupt. But just um, we've got a bit of a delay, listeners. I'm sorry, and we've got a lot, and I I can hear my own little feedback chuckles like spiking a little. So apologies now, and you probably got my apology at the top of the pod too. But um, there's also a movie called Getting straight i think it is where he played a guy called jake just so you know but anyway there we go i don't think either of us would have seen that but yeah graffiti sheppy's already your list is so much more comprehensive it's mad fair enough yes it is mad bloody imdb um but yes american graffiti good stuff um kung fu i have next he's in an episode of that as a character called mr harrison and then we have the conversation what do you think about that? I've never seen it. Can you wow. believe that? I know. I, I well, you know what? I'm like, oh, wow. Well, look, I saw it once when I was like 14, which again, I don't think really counts as I can really say I've seen it. Um, but if, but it, if watching it as a wall calendar counts, and I guess that counts. And I remember liking it, but, you know, not liking it, but I you know, appreciated it, I guess. So there you go. I don't want to worry too much about that. It's a very, it's a, it's the opposite role from American Graffiti. American Graffiti is like this big mouth, um, and in the conversation, he's like a sort of a quiet, threatening, creepy nice. killer type government stooge. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so that's nice. I've got uh, Judgment, the court martial of Lieutenant William Calley, and he played uh, Frank Chowder or Crowder. That. Wow. Oh, is that a TV movie. one, Sheppy? Or, oh yeah. Most of these, most of these are all TV. Um, gotcha. There's a TV movie next called Dynasty. This is some years. This is still '76. Um, the conversation was '74. American Graffiti was '73. But yes, uh, a TV movie called Dynasty in '76. A TV movie uh, called The Possessed uh, in '77, and he played a character called Paul Wigan, uh, I think. And The Possessed was shown on TV like three weeks before Star Wars Episode Four, or just Star Wars, as it was called in 1977. So have you seen anything there, Jimmy? Uh, I might have seen the latter. <laughs> Good. Good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but none of but the that's others. fair. Yes. No, well, that, that's valid. I mean, American Graffiti and the Conversation are ones that are probably worth checking out at some point. But yeah. the rest, I think we can say fair play. Then there was a thing, a film called Heroes. I think it was a film. Then yeah. we have Force. Have you seen Heroes Ships? No. Have you seen okay. Heroes? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I'm just I'm keeping Heroes? the stats. I hadn't until this list. No. Playing Ken no, really Boyd not. or something. Anyway. Good old Ken. You can't keep a good Boyd down. Um, he's Boyd. No, that's rubbish. Balls 10 from Navarone is a film that I almost watched this evening. That's on TCM, and I've never seen it. I wouldn't have counted it as my unseen Harrison Ford film because it's an ensemble, but I've never seen it. It's based on Anna Alistair McLean, 
I love Guns of Navarone. I love Where Eagles Dare. Where Eagles Dare is one of the like the 200 films that's in my official top 20. I bloody love that sort of thing. <laughs> I was, um, so, uh, but I've never seen, of course, Temple Navarone. I've read the making of, uh, of, you know, it's written by, adapted by George MacDonald Frazier, and I read his diaries on the thing. Uh, and again, it's Carl Weathers, it's Robert Shaw, for God's sake, it's Harry, and I've never seen it. I, I've got access to it now, um, and I, but I watched Grumpy Old Men this evening instead. So deal with that. Have you ever seen Paul's Ten from Navarone? I have not, Sheppy, no, no. But I'm intrigued on the back of that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah so amazing. Next, 78 again, is the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, now, wow, we're counting that. Uh, I have, yeah, I have seen it, Sheps. Yeah, good old Chewy. When did you um, see this? Quite recently. I've, I've watched it on For YouTube. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. I feel oh, like wow. I missed okay. my opportunity of seeing it. Um, it's like The Room, in a way. Like, I don't know. If I'd seen it at university, that would have been the time. But um, I w I'm sure I will at some point. I remember when it was like the Holy Grail, and now, of course, you can just watch it on YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah. It's not Fair good. Enough. I mean, it's not. No. It, 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 you can't unsee it. It's one of those. I, I probably, if I could go back, I wouldn't have done it, Sheps. If you can save yourself. I mean, um, I've got to do it at some point. I've got to. I mean, it's too weird. It's so it's random. Too weird. It's too bad. Now it's that there's so much Star Wars out there, maybe that will help. You know, to dilute it a bit. If I had watched it at university pre Phantom Menace. And I only had Caravan of Courage and Ewoks and Droids to like dilute it, then maybe it would have hurt me. But with the, with the, I don't want to say glut, but with the quantity which is out there at the moment, maybe it'll help. But again, I'm just not tempted. But I really should at some point. But fair enough. Then we have the infamous Hanover Street, where it's him and someone famous. And it's directed by Peter Himes, I believe. I saw the first 10 minutes of it once. And there's a famous story. Um, about something about this. Have you heard of Hanover Street? Have you I haven't, Sheps. I don't even know the famous story. So, yeah. Well, I'll tell you the story. I, and I've also been to Hanover Street in London and had a photo taken underneath the sign because of this story which involves Hanover Street. It's like a sort of a Second World War melodrama, you know, strange, uh, no cowardy sort of thing. I mean, that's the second song vision. By that, I mean like the encounter sort of situation, um, the end of the affair sort of type of thing. Um, I haven't seen it just the first 10 minutes. But when they were making Temple of Doom, um, Harrison, it was during the whipping scene when Harrison Ford, Indy's all strung up and he's being whipped by um, Big Dude and Mullerans there and he's going to have to drink the blood of Cali. And then suddenly, according to the, I think it was the Spielberg biography that someone bought me for Christmas when I was at uni, so I was reading it. Whilst they were filming that scene, um, oh, what's her name? Um, who's in Yentl, Barbara Streisand. But, uh, yeah, am I right? Yeah. Barbara Streisand comes in, um, but she's dressed as a dominatrix, and she has a whip, and she or she takes the whip from the, the big Indian man who's actually Welsh, and she starts whipping Harrison Ford, and she says, that's for Hanover Street, um, because Hanover Street <laughs> was a big flop. And then Carrie Fisher runs in, 
And I just, the way I picture this, Spielberg is just like, oh, after the fiasco in the Well of Souls, he thought that was over, but no, he said, can't believe what's going on. Then Carrie Fisher runs past him, and he's like, ha, oh, and she runs in front and, like, you know, hugs the back of Harrison Ford, who can't believe his eyes, and she's like, no, no, don't whip him, let me be the sacrifice. And Spielberg's staring at this, he looks around, and standing next to him is Irving Kirshner, and Kirshner says to him, is this how you run a film set? So that's the story that I heard in this book, um, and I believe it's true. And so that's why just Hanover Street as an entity appeals to me. But I've, I, and like I say, when I was living in London, we tracked down the street and we watched. It was on TV one Saturday afternoon. Where we got to watch the first 10 minutes, and we did. So there you go. Nice. And what I love about that story, quickly, is just that, you know, Harrison Ford tied up. You know, he can't go and get himself a sandwich and some mustard. You know, he just absolutely is. Spielberg <laughs> thinks yeah. the heat is off. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he thinks he's safe. Never tempted to go back to minute 11 of Hanover and finish. Is it not very yeah, compelling? I mean, I mean, it's just, uh, maybe it's good. But I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like I'd rather watch a, a Terence Howard film. If I'm going to watch something like that, I might as well watch something authentic. Not something that's like you know, I, I I like I would watch The Searchers before I watch Silverado, and I love Silverado, but you know what I mean. So before okay. I watched Hanover Street, I I did actually watch the actual shit, and I don't really I'm not a huge fan of melodramas anyway, so probably not. But you know okay. maybe I'll do it as a double bill with the Star Wars Holiday Special, and I like Peter Hims, and I think it's him who directed it. So there you go. So uh, then we've got Apocalypse. Yeah, wow. Well, I know that's a scene, right? Come on. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah. And of uh, course, that was because he was mates with everyone at that point, and he plays G. Lucas and all of that. So that was, yes, that was the spoils of war at that point, and being in that great performance again. And of course, he had been in the conversation, so he's got fire with Hopper. So that's nice. Uh, and you, I am assuming, have seen Apocalypse Now. Absolutely, Sheps, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, have you seen the longest, longest Redux, double Redux? No. Big, big Redux. <laughs> it's like four hours solid, I think. But it's definitely my favourite version. When you oh, watch wow. it in one-hour chunks, like the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, and you do it like a TV show and just do it in four-hour oh, four chunks, it's really good, and I think it works better. And, you know, Hearts of Darkness, man, it's like, yes, of course, you need more stories on the river. It works better. It, and I always liked it at the two-and-a-half-hour version, and I always preferred, like, the plus three-hour version. But watching the four-hour version, I'm like, yes, this is how it should be. It's long wow. like a river. So there you go. Um, so it's worth it. In my nice. I'll, I'll check that out. Oh, yeah, wicked. Yeah. Then All we right. have the Frisco Kid, which I believe is Gene Wilder um, as well, and it's like a comedy, wacky western. Wow, and there were I'd love to see that. Films. Late 70s, there was also Cactus Jack, a.k.a. The Villain, with Arnie and uh, Kirk, um, Kirk Douglas. So the Frisco Kid I've never seen, but yes, yes. No, me neither, but that's, that's going down on the future future watch because i didn't know gene wilder i, I must have known gene wilder was in that but that's just made me very happy that he's in it too um, 
hopefully that's good. I would watch that more than any of the other ones we've talked about that I haven't seen before. So yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Maybe we should Maybe do that one together. Yeah, that's nice. Feel free to get Jesus Christ. Um, I, there's also then more American graffiti which I have not seen, and I guess it's just like a cameo. And he pops up, and now he's a cop, which is nice. That's not even listed here. That's interesting. All right. Interesting. I guess it's a cameo. Um, in um, but yeah, seventy nine more American graffiti. The fact that he's like a drag racer, road racer in the first one, and now apparently he's a cop. That's probably a that's a nice cameo. I instantly like that film just because that's a nice joke. Assuming that's the way it is. Uh, you know, so, are about ships to hit a run of yes. fifteen movies in a row. To your point around the period, I guess, obviously, to um, culminating in clear and present, where I know you've seen them all, and um, and that's just really nice and happy. And of course, we'll, we'll spin through them, but. That's just nice. That it was unmissable times, wasn't it? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah. it's good stuff. I'll tell you what. Then I'll just read them out, and I'll leave a little beat after I finish. And if you just want to say something, you know, jump in. Basically, I mean, Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back, nineteen eighty. What do you think about that? <laughs> what do I think about it? <laughs> Second only to Raiders on the list. That absolutely amazing, right? And by definition, of course, it's your favorite Star Wars film, of course. Yeah, uh, as it is mine. So yes, good. It's and good. favorite Han Solo. He's brilliant yes. as Han Solo in that movie as well. Yes. And the chemistry yes. with Fisher is amazing. And everything about that film is so rich. And yeah, how he leans into all of that. And yes, the dialogue, the the bands, and yes, yes, and I know and all of that. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Who's scruffy looking? Brilliant. Oh. So yes. <laughs> then we got Raiders. Uh, that's a good film. It's all right. Yeah. I don't it's know how much more we've got to say about it. No, about that's, that's masterpiece. Fair. That is actually yeah. fair enough. Yes. yes. We talk more about the Frisco Kid than Raiders, definitely. Apart um, from maybe as as a you know as a heterosexual male, not that really matters. But I will say Harrison Ford has never looked more Salah. beautiful, maybe than uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> it's valid, valid stuff. Yes, you go for um. Yes, if you want to yeah, talk about him being a screen heartthrob, that's probably. I would say Temple of Doom. If you're going, yeah, to maybe interesting with his with his sleeve ripped off there. Nonetheless, after Raiders, so so Empire. Raiders is 81. 82, Blade Runner. Good film. I was surprised that wasn't higher up your list. I thought you were Team Blade Runner. I teased you with that as well by asking you as well, didn't I, where, where you'd put it. But yeah, I, I yes, I love Blade Runner as well. I mean, or it, you know, it's a Barry Norman 10, Sheppy. We know that. You know, yeah, they all change. Of course. Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good but, stuff. Uh, you you didn't you do something like you wrote an essay about Blade Runner or something? At uni? I think I did it in film studies. Yeah, and like it, yeah, yeah. I I love it, man. I I thought the sequel was Aces too. For for the record, yes, um, yeah, kind of perfect. Good stuff. Uh, love it. Do you? I mean, I remember in I guess ninety two hearing that the Blade Runner director's cut was coming out, and I had never seen Blade Runner, so I went to Village Video and I looked on the shelf. Remember when you came into this video immediately on the left were sort of like sort of ones which used to be where the Betamax was. And then if you go past that, that's where the new releases were, where the gold was. But there was this sort of random older selection just randomly when you first came in. And I scanned top left, 
to write and then went down the columns looking for Blade Runner. And then the very, very bottom right, right at the bottom was Blade Runner on video. So I rented it out, I watched it. And then like, I don't know, six months later or something, I saw the director's cut. So I, I'm proud of myself that I sort it out to watch it first before the Blade uh, director's cut. So I remember my first view. Nice. Uh, do you remember the first time you saw Blade Runner? Were, yeah, were I you do. one of the kids? I think there were a lot of people who were like, oh, it's going to be indie, it's going to be Han Solo. And they were like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I didn't see it till I was later, so I was ready, Sheppy. I, I, I watched it when I was about probably 18 or something. So I, uh, yeah, so I, I was ready. I'm pretty sure I saw the voiceover original first as well, though. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. Man, I love it. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Do you remember the circumstances? I mean, like, I was just, like it was, it was a film studies thing. I was doing film studies A level. We were prescribed right. it with, you know, Citizen Kane and a few others. And, um, and that nice. was on the roster. And so we had to watch Blade Runner and it was wicked. Did you all yeah. watch it together as a yeah, class? Yeah, in the screening in the classroom. Yeah, it was good, brilliant. man. It was wicked. Yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that makes me happy. So good Blade Runner 82. Uh, which was not a big success when it came out, but of course, you know, then 83, you got your Return of the Jedi, good stuff, and that was the first one I saw at the cinema, the first Harry film I saw at the cinema, first Star Wars film, obviously, um, so that's a big deal, good old Return of the Jedi. Yeah, absolutely, man, and, and you know, it's not in the top 10, but it's, it's circles, it's near right. the top. Yeah, it's an action yeah. film. I never really thought about it until the last viewing a couple of years ago. Out of all of the, I mean, certainly out of the trilogy, but really out of all of them, it's it's more like a kind of. I mean, it's 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 relentlessly entertaining, very fast, and it I is, think it is, does feel more like an action film. It's got my favorite Harrison Ford running when he's running away <laughs> from the bottom when he's when he sticks it. out, move, move, and he sticks yeah. out his chest. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, no, and, good stuff. But in and terms also of what... he does a, like, I've just got to be me, when he tricks the stormtroopers. Yeah, that's nice captain. too. He's like, yeah. But yeah. I have to say, in terms of like, it's still a good, ha it's Han Solo, for God's sakes, it's still brilliant. But in terms of giving you what you want from Han Solo, it's my fourth favourite Han Solo. You know what I mean? By some distance. Fair enough. Yeah. That is yeah. valid. I think, he, you know, I mean, it's on the record that he wanted Han to die at the end of Return of the Jedi, doing something heroic. Um, but I would argue that's always been a bad choice because it would invalidate the whole opening at Jabba if you're going to rescue him only for him to die at the end. It, yeah. it wouldn't work for me personally. Some there you go. And as soon, by the way, as he was announced as being in The Force Awakens, as soon as I heard, I was like, well, he's, yeah, he's going to yeah. fucking die. The only reason he would come back is if he could do his ultimate wish. I didn't actually have a problem anyway. I don't have a problem with Han Solo dying in that film. By the no, way. me neither. But I think I it's a good death. I have, it's yeah. a, and it is a good death, yeah. Anyway, so then 84, you got your Temple of Doom, which I know you saw at the cinema. Did you see Jedi at the cinema? Yeah, absolutely. And and drove nice. everyone around as bonkers as my mum read the subtitles uh, to me. Yeah. Yes. So, uh... classic. <laughs> yes. Um, and then with Ian, you saw Temple of Doom. So that's good Amazing. stuff. Yeah. Nice. Then 85, you got your witness. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, man. It, it's one of those ones that you sort of see it at seven and should be higher in the list. I love that you had it top five, Sheppy. It's a bloody brilliant, brilliant, brilliant movie. Maybe yeah. 
maybe his best performance. I don't know. Mosquito Coast is pretty close to best performance as well. And they're all anyway. It's a good point. point. That's another really strong point. That's my close second. Is his point in winners? <laughs> yeah, it's a good one for sure. Yeah, yeah solid. Um, and of course, all of it and the the smug dude who's so perfectly cast and plays it so perfectly with the ice cream, and then you just want him to get punched. He's got the most punchable face. It's beautifully done. How good old everyone. And maybe his face. chemistry with uh, McGillis is second only to Fisher as well. Maybe. I don't know. It's but... Solid. It is very good chemistry, uh, for sure. So, yes, good old winners. Uh, and then um, he must have been having such a good time. It's embarrassing. I'm totally forgetting his name, the director of Witness and oh, the Moscow uh, Weir. Peter Weir. Fuck me. Yes. Um, so, good old Peter Weir. Um, yeah, he, he was like, yeah, let's do this as well. And then, yeah, Mosquito goes amazing. And I saw that with you, actually, Jimmy. Do you remember watching that together? Yeah, it was like an on telly on a Sunday night or something, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we. I think you had yeah. it on video, and you'd already seen bits of it, or maybe all of it with Vicky, but we did see it together, so it kind of counts, I guess. So, yeah, have you seen it, I mean, relatively recently? Not for years, man. Not for years. I'd be really tempted to revisit, because I kind of fancy the uh the river phoenix vibes of it and the two of yeah. them being together before yeah. last crusade and Mirror but, yeah. as well the whole 90s holy shit theater. of course that's how long yeah. it's been i've forgotten she was even in it yeah right. so are we talking 10 years the last time 20 oh, years the usual years? 20 ship probably 30 let's just give it 30 wow yeah. well fair enough mosquito coast fair play i think i saw it about six years five years ago and it is great uh, so, yes. Interestingly, it was longer before they got to, you know, out of civilization than I remembered. But I think George Costanza's in, in the first five minutes. So there you go. Um, <laughs> then in 88, um, you've got, interestingly, I always thought Working Girl was 87. But here it says um, Working Girl was 88. So I don't know what that means. But in this, I, I always thought Working Girl was 87. I'm just going to say, Broken Girl, you saw that, I think, for the first time, like, some months ago? Is that Oh, right? I'd seen it before, but it was, like, a first time, because I hadn't seen it for ages, and it, it was wonderful. Him and Baldwin, for God's sakes, after that yes. little battle you just told me about. Yes. But, yeah, um, yeah that, I mean, yes, man, he's brilliant in it. It's great fun. It's a romp. It's lovely. Why not? Go on, good old life. Him and we Yeah, well, I, I need to see this again because I've only really properly seen it once. And again, it was so long ago, it really probably doesn't count again. Like, I, I was so, I don't know when it was, like late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and I remember watching it, but my sister rented it out, I think, and we watched it. And I, and like, it was about 15 minutes in, and someone said, Oh, have some borders in here yet? And I said, oh, it's funny because he's top billed. And everyone laughed at me for saying that. So there you go. <laughs> Persecution, <laughs> man. Um, but yeah, I would like to see Working Girl again. Fair play. Um, and I like what you said. And I remember there is a funny bit where he's got a, a, a big drink with a straw and he does some good shtick drinking yes. the big drink with a straw. I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I remember that film more than I should, considering it has been such a long time. It's a real Mosquito Coast one of it. But Fair play, good stuff, solid, really solid. And his first real romantic leading man, you know, without any sort of extra different elements, which I like, yeah. you know, like in terms of working girl, because, you know, obviously with Indy or Star Wars or Witness, 
there's this big romance, but it's they're, they're pushed together by the plot. Whereas Working Girl, if they're there, he's there to be there for her yeah. in that respect. Um, so yes, Melanie Griffiths should have got top billing. Um, but the, yes, uh, so I would like to watch that again. Fair play. Then eighty-eight, we've got Frantic. Um, have you? What's your thought on that? I, I haven't seen that in almost as long as Mosquito Coast, Sheppy. But from your inclusion and vibes on it, I feel like that's one that I've got to revisit. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I bloody love Frantic. I remember it was shown on ITV in the nineties, and on Meridian it had one advert, and on Colton it had a different advert. And the one on Colton was really cool and kind of like mysterious and the correct vibe you know it was like ooh, it had weird saxophone music or enya-esque music but it worked and it was like looking for my wife and kind of slow motion shots but the meridian advert was like kind of parody it was like someone doing kind of a bad sam spade humphrey bogart type voice like the voiceover <laughs> man be like i was looking on i was meant to be on my vacation but I didn't do it the way I was meant to do it. And it was like, oh, that's... Uh, and it was like mocking the film, and it made me so angry. Um, so anyway, that's a little frantic memory. But um, I like that film. It's good. It's got John Mahoney in it, too. So, yes, um, check that out. This I will, Sheps. Yeah, it's like I've never seen it, I, even though I know I have seen it. I, I yes. You know, I've, I've marked it as seen, but, yeah, I have to... Harry does up. some very, very good naked acting uh, oh, in wow. it as well. Oh, wow. Hiding uh, behind a stuffed bear, I think. Uh, so it's good stuff. It's good fucking stuff. Um, and then eighty nine, we have of course Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, and we have talked about the indie films on other pods. Uh, but it's a very special film for lots of different reasons. I'm not surprised it's so high up for you. It's the first film you and I ever saw together at the cinema, and it's great. So yes, I have huge love for Indiana Jones. Yeah, I I hear you, Sheps, and I love it. And his he is like one of the things he's underrated for is actually as a leading man, he's very give. He's really good at bouncing off people, and that's why that's why Kate Fear would have been actually so fascinating, right, with De Niro and stuff. But like, just his he's got great chemistry with Doody, great chemistry with Connery. Great, he's just yeah. so good at bouncing off other people all the time. You know, yeah. like eating an apple or you know whatever it might be like you know, he's talking to Marcus <laughs> or whatever like you know it just doesn't even matter but like, the point is he's just really good with other people in a scene like that's perhaps yeah. why he's great at shrinking like that as well I don't know but anyway like, I just yeah. I think that's probably maybe one of his more underrated performance it's the kind of if you ever make an an, a, 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 uh, an argument for an action hero getting a best actor nod or whatever at the oscars i think last crusade yeah, would be a yeah. brilliant example because the action yeah. is perfectly done he's great in all those scenes then he's got all this emotional beats with his father which are amazing like amazing yeah. the bit on the zeppelin thing like it's just a great yeah. scene like you know come on the campaign starts they didn't here have trousers no, I know. When That's they, amazing. When they filmed that scene, yeah, Connery took his trousers off, so Ford took his off as well. It was really <laughs> hot. <laughs> amazing. And yes, um, that is a great film, and everything you say is absolutely true. And in terms of comedic timing and chemistry and chemistry with Connery, uh, absolutely astonishing. And yes, with Judy as well. And I think, you know, like any good actor, when you have a good scene partner, it elevates and you build off each other and build vision 
and it grows and becomes something special, and that's chemistry. So that's exactly it. So yes, hooray for Angelica's the raspberry taste so much. Uh, then 1990, we have presumed innocent, which I think I've seen twice, and I think I don't know if I saw it with you. You'll have to tell me. Maybe I saw it with my mum, which is probably inappropriate. Something tells me actually, Jimmy, I did see it with you. Um, I think we might have done. Yeah, agreed. Like I randomly remember. rented it out, even though I'm sure it's an 18. But yeah, <laughs> um, I but I, and I also I'm sure I saw it. I think I got it for like a quid uh, on DVD when I was at Smith's, and I think I just watched it randomly in like 2004 or something like that. So, so there you go. That's probably worth a, a you know a return or a, a reevaluation. Maybe, I yeah. I'd, I'd say I'd I'd put a lot more before it, so it might not get top twenty if we were to extend mm. our list. It's one of those, like you know. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, well, I'm sure it's solid. And I'm it glad was like it exists. A precursor to like um, the John Grishams, but also sort of probably riding the wave a little bit of like the jagged edge. Uh, even your facial attraction a little bit, that sort of, oh, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I would watch that again, I think, I think it's Alan J. Peculiar, I think, who directed that, um, doesn't say here though. Uh, 1991, Regarding Henry, which is a funny old thing, now that's Mike Nichols again, I know that, so I know it's written by a very young J.J. Abrams, uh, and I, do you, what do you think about Regarding Henry, do you remember anything particular, because I'll no. tell you this, spoiler, do you remember we watching that? Yeah, we you did. Yeah. Do you remember we watching that? Um, we watched that at your place as well. Uh, again, it's one of those random things. Um, you think we rented it out because we were doing something with your family and we wanted something appropriate, or were we just like, let's watch regarding Henry as to what twelve-year-old boys? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but we definitely watched a video at my place. I remember that quite clearly, yeah. Sheppy. I don't think I've seen it since. I would nice. imagine it doesn't hold up to too much scrutiny, to be honest. <laughs> a, a bullet makes a dad nice again. I don't really know that that's necessarily going to be. I, I was describing it to Marta a few weeks ago, I think, or a little while ago, about like, oh, there's a four, there's a film where Harrison Ford plays like a nasty lawyer, um, and but he's really horrible to his wife and kid, but then he gets shot in the head and becomes like a nice Riri, and then everyone loves him again, and and. and Martin was like, we have to watch this film. So who knows, Jimmy? Maybe I'll end up watching regarding Henry sooner than I think. And it's like, JJ. It. And it's JJ. Uh, um, you and I watched it, and I think I watched it with Mummy and Johnny. Um, like, a, like, I, like, you've got to watch this. Um, like, probably around the same era. So there you go. Yes, funny old game. Um, but I remember liking it. Um, I assume you remember yeah. it. Yeah, I'm it's, sure. I don't want to watch it and tear it apart. So maybe it just needs to be kept where it is. It I is Mike Nichols directing, and you know he's he knows what he's doing. But yeah, fair enough. Interesting, interesting. Uh, then 1992, we've got Patriot Games, of course. Did you see that at the cinema? We got Patriot Games. I didn't. Um, did I didn't. I had one opportunity to, and that's one we should have almost. You and I yeah. should be really. Um, well, by this yeah. point, we we were living not you know the elderly close days were now finished. Yeah, I think so. It was it was harder for us to like get together. So no, no, we started. That's why we couldn't do a lot of things together. So yes, absolutely. But I did um, see it in the cinema. So up yours. 
Oh, lucky you, man. I remember having to go to Beauty and the Beast because Vic was too young. <laughs> so we couldn't go into the tour. I was furious for about six months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I'm not surprised. I want to watch that again now. We've talked about it so much. I saw it again like about five, six years ago. <laughs> Patriot games. And you know what's amazing? I can't even remember what the sex it might be Jack Jr., but don't tell me what the uh what the, the sex of the baby is. So, you know, in the end, I'm gonna be yeah. absolutely like on a cliffhanger and have to watch Clear yeah. Present Danger. Um, you know yeah. it to be true. <laughs> By the way, well, before, I might forget, so I'm gonna tell you when we saw True Lies at the Tumbledge Wells cinema uh together, which may have been the night Peter Cushing died, we had a trailer for Clear and Present Danger. So that's why Clear and Present Danger involved in you. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I think um, we're what's what's emerging, Sheppy, is we have only seen one Harrison Ford film in the cinema, yes. which is ridiculous, and is a little I know, bit my no, fault. Well, no, I know for a fact there's there's one more which isn't a good one, but we did Ooh, we did okay. do it. Okay, okay, that's but exciting. Patriot Games '92, great film, very nice. It might not, you know, I mean, we're like ah, oh, Patriot Games. It's probably at, at worst, it's probably like a strong three, uh, but I like to think I hope it's a four, but you never know. Well, I still love it. I don't care. Um, then in 93, he was in, uh, in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, as in the, um, doing the bookend, telling a story in a story set like in 1955 or something. And he's got his fugitive beard. Um, did you see that episode? I have you? seen it, Sheppy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Isn't he playing a saxophone or something ridiculous yes. in it? Yeah. And he gets the baddie. The baddie has like a magic flute or something. They're in a cabin in the, in the snow. And at the end, they're going, so long, Dr. Jones. And then Indy plays like a bum note on the sax and causes like the... It's exactly the same thing, actually, that happens in Grumpy Old Men. It causes like the snow to fall off the roof and it like covers the guy and their hand is just sticking out, <laughs> holding the flute. And Indy gets it and he's like... Dun, 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 dun. And it's like, oh, no. Oh, God. So, yeah, yeah so, so there you go. But also in 1993, with the same beard, is The Fugitive. Did you see that at the cinema? I did, Sheppy, of course. And I've seen it several times since. And we have watched it together as well. I remember yes, with we an have. army of your chums in my yes. bedroom once. Yes. Yeah. In Richmond. So, uh, yeah, that was nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, that... it's great. I love The Fugitive deeply. It's wonderful. It's really good. And him versus Tommy Lee Jones is another example yeah. of what could have been with De Niro, right? Like, it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's solid stuff. Um, and yes, I could talk more about The Fugitive, but honestly, that's probably... I really like The Fugitive. It's good. I will say there was one... Um, David Coat wrote the screenplay, and there was one draft of the screenplay where it turned out Tommy Lee Jones was the mastermind baddie behind it all. Um, but then they probably correctly changed it to Jerome Crabbe. So, yes, yes, interesting. <laughs> You switched uh, the film. evidence, didn't you? You switched yeah, the evidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Then we've got something called Jimmy Hollywood, which I've never heard about, and he plays himself in a cameo, and that's 94. But also oh, in 94, wow. we've got Clear and Present Danger, that we've kind of talked about. I like it, um, but it's near. What about you? Yep. I'm, I, absolutely, Sheppy. I'm in. I mean, I haven't seen it since I saw it on the video on video when it first came out. Though I don't think so. I think it's um, solid. I think it's solid. It's just a bit. It needs a bit more. Oomph. There is. There are some really good bits, but I remember it being a bit drier. I think I wanted a bit more bang for my buck. But there was that really, really good street ambush 
where it's in a convoy of cars and yeah. drags in there with the rocket bazooka and shit. So that's great. Um, and there are lots of good bits. So hooray for Clint from Danger. I saw it in cinema, so there you go. He did the voice for the Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye ride, presumably at Disney, so that's nice, in 95. 95, we have Sabrina, more of which to come, but that was a film I hadn't seen. Would you want to do that now, Sheppy, as you do it? Like, oh, yeah, I yeah, all that right. much to say about Hollywood. Rock no, Star. I don't either. Um, we watched the Billy Wilder 50s version with Bogey and William Holden and Audrey Hepburn, and I'm glad we did, because I think it made me like this one more than I would have. It adds more. It's, it's a funny thing. Um, a lot of Billy Wilder in 1970s comedies and 60s and 50s often have the main character trying to kill themselves in the first 10 minutes. It's a recurring theme. It happens over and over again from what I've been watching. Yeah. Weird. And Audrey Hepburn, Sabrina, tries to kill herself. Um, and they don't do that in this version, which is a good move. But they give it a, a like an alternative moment where she has a, a scene, an awkward scene, a, a revealing emotional deep scene with Harrison Ford's character, which is what happens with the, the attempted suicide with Bogey. So they do they they tick the, the emotional box and give them this initial connection, but do it in a different way, which I think is wise. Um, they add some more scenes, some more stuff. Where like at the beginning, Sabrina goes to Paris and it sort of builds her up a bit more and again it's good the dad character who plays the the family chauffeur and it's sabrina's dad in the original it's really weird it's really weird like she he's driving and the boss is fucking his daughter and it's really weird but they kind of again very subtly make it sort of more palatable in the 90s version sydney pollock uh so there you go so you're your chum directing and um it's classy i liked it ford is great um, he plays it very well. I remember at the time when the film came out, critics were like, he can't play it as well as Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey Bogart owned that role. If you watch the film, it shouldn't really be Humphrey Bogart. He's cast against type, and I have no real problem with that. He is good in it, but it really should have been Cary Grant. And I think Cary Grant was going to do it at, at one point, but didn't. So actually, Harry is much better suited than Bogie ever was. So the people who wrote that in the culture and so forth in 95 but fuck off they're idiots um so he's very good greg kinnear is very good and Ormon is brilliant who i've been watching in mad men recently um yeah it's 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 good i liked it it's classy it's old school it was a, i assume a flop or a certainly an underperformer but um ultimately i liked it and i liked the changes i liked the additions they changed the dad character like how supports dad um to well the linus the character is the dad with bogey but it's the mum in for, for harry and it works and it's a good character so yes i liked sabrina uh and I, i'm glad i watched it nice. and also it okay. opened the door yes um, i might have to you, watch it too ships yeah i've never seen yeah so it's, it's, a it's a good it's a, it's a nice mummy film but it's good it's classy it's quality um but again I would have grown impatient. It's two hours, which is fair enough, and the bogey is like an hour 43, but it feels like two hours, but it does pack a lot in, but mm. by the end you're slightly exhausted. So the one advantage of the Billy Wilder one is it had a spring in its step, whereas this was more classically sort of, it, it takes its time. But that does ultimately soften 
the more unlikable traits of the characters, so it worked. So yeah, so yeah, good for Sabrina. I'm glad I never saw it before because I think I would never have enjoyed it as much as this exact setting and for this reason to talk to you about it. So it all worked out really well. Nice, chefs. Nice. Nice. Ah, oh, cool. Mm. All right. Um, for the oh, record, I'd give it a very strong three. I was very sure this worked. Next, in 97, we have The Devil Zone, which is getting, I think he was trying to go for a kind of a Patriot Games type feel, but it backfired slightly because it got a bit too much into the politics of the whole Irish thing a little bit. And he famously clashed with Pitt because, again, Harry wanted to sort of give himself a larger role and took the attention away from the central character who was in fact Pitt. And he tried to make it a Harrison Ford film and so forth. And actually, he said relatively recently, that's why he touched with Pitt, because it really is a secondary character. So that seems to be a slightly recurring theme. Have you seen The Devil's Zone? I haven't, Sheppy. It was on the on the table as a possible for my watch. But yeah, what have you seen it? Or... I saw it on Sky Movies, like in the late 90s, early 2000s, maybe. Um, probably late 90s. And I remember it being like, okay, I, I think it's classy. I think it's peculiar, again. Did. Uh, I should just click and find out, but I'm not going to. But I think, yeah, I think it's all classy again. It's perfectly solid. But that, if anything, that's when it should have been a new Indiana Jones film. Um, so there you go. But I think it's again, I don't think it's bad at all. Treat Williams, RIP, he's in it. And he has a scene in the trailer that isn't in the film. In fact, I know the trailer really well for Devil's Zone because it was on an Empire trailer tape from 97. It's a good trailer. So there you go. Doing a good Harry step. Watch the trailer to Devil's Own. I will. <laughs> I might even put that on the webpage too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, he doesn't have to die. I'm bringing him in. Uh, I, I think he growls and it's pretty good stuff. So that's 97. 90... Now it also says 97 for Air Force One. I'm not sure if that's true, but who knows? Maybe that, that does seem to actually work in my memory. That would make sense actually if it was 97. Have yeah. you seen Air Force One? Of course, Sheps, yeah. Mm. Get off my plane, you know what I mean? Yes. Wow, come on. When I heard about this in 96, 97, and I die hard uh, on Air Force One, Harrison Ford is the president and he's the guy. Gary Oldman's the baddie. Wolfgang Peterson, you know, I, I love um, Outbreak and In the Line of Fire and Shattered. And, you know, never mind, never ending story, but just those three kind of very, very good Hollywood thriller type things. So I was like, yes, there's absolutely no reason why Air Force One won't be amazing. I had no doubt in my mind. And, I, and it's not like I went in with too high expectations. I just like, this is going to be good. And it's, I, I hated it. And I've seen it, I think, once since. And I, I still hate it. It's so bad. Uh, that was my take. Um, what do you think? <laughs> Nowhere near as uh, negative as your Shepard's yeah. memory. I've seen it a couple of times. I... I saw it as a romp and i still feel it's a romp i think that it, it that get off my plane line is if you were to do a survey of the public that would be like in the top five harrison ford all-time lines right and unfortunately Only because he almost it killed would be. josh hartnett at those mtv awards that time. <laughs> yes you're right, but, but I'm not. But, I'm not going to be squeezed by public. No, me neither. I'm saying that's an unfortunate <laughs> thing. I think it's the, 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 the thing I don't like about it is that it's sort of 
you know, it's probably seen as more of a documentary than it should, but generally it's probably seen as like, you know, so I think that's a shame, you know, that it's kind of yes. got that sort of, it's added a level of mystique and coolness to the presidential role, which is a small contribution to the state it finds, that politics finds itself now in America, like that it's well, been Bill Clinton so was a huge and, fan of yeah. Air Force One, I remember, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So but there you go. It's just a um, shame, right? It's not, it's not like, bad great i don't know. i don't it's have a problem is, with yeah. that I, you know it's like um it's like martin sheen in the the west wing it's like i'm i'm all for that but it's just unfortunately people don't but my problem with air force one is just it's shit and the the effects i remember they hadn't invented it yeah finished it jumped up and it's like don't use that shot then of the plane crashing because it looks like a, a bbc or a spectrum honestly it looks like the beginning of terror hawks really really bad I, I couldn't believe it. Just like, don't show that shot. Then, if you don't have the money or whatever, just don't show it. Don't show it. Um, but also, this everything. Ugh. Um, but maybe it'll be a Friday night. I mean, we did White House Down a few weeks ago, which wasn't very good. But if we can do White House Down, then maybe we can do Air Force One as a Friday night special sometime. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> but there you go. Good stuff. Uh, then we've got something called Frontline, where he's a narrator, and maybe it's a documentary. Oh, documentary. Uh, okay. Maybe. Um, then we have in 98, Six Days and Seven Nights, or rather Six Days and Seven Nights. I haven't seen. Have you seen Sheppy? I saw Six Days and Seven Nights at Odie and Guildford with Mummy and Johnny. And we had in 98. Quite random. Um, but yeah, that was nice. Maybe I was back from uni or something. I remember. I haven't seen it since. I remember it being good. Again, it's going for that sort of old-fashioned traditional slightly screwball, you know, bogey and Hepburn type uh, thing. It's Ivan Reitman. Um, I, I remember it being enjoyable. I Maybe I've seen it once since. Uh, David Coombs in it. Um, I can't convince him to be in but I, I think it, yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, couldn't do it. He, uh, he failed where Schwimmer, uh, Schwimmer failed where Perry and um, LeBlanc won with Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis, respectively. So, yes, uh, shame on you, Schwimmer. Um, but I remember it being a fun romp. It's probably a two-star, but I remember it being a romp through. But I was in a good nice. watch it. Um, then we got Random Hearts in 99, which I'm always very curious about. And I meant, I saw that was on Netflix. And if I couldn't find Sabrina, for example, I would have watched Random Hearts on Netflix. Uh, but now, that was the window. I'm not, not going to watch it. But... No. Um, have you seen? Do you know anything? No, I think, again, I... I think it's classy. I just hate the the the, the photo, the the poster where you've got lots of different sunglasses. It's weird. It, it annoys me. Yeah, and and his his character name is Dutch Vanderbroek, which weird. is extraordinary. Um, <laughs> the, the plot is a bummer, Sheppy. Like you know, yeah. I mean. It's a real bummer. Like two, <laughs> two, two people find out their other halves were having an affair. You know what I mean? When they die in a plane crash, and yeah, and they die because they were like on a plane crash. They were like meeting up to fuck, and the plane crashes and they die. I think, and then then Harrison Ford meets Kristen Scott Thomas and he's like, "Your husband was fucking my wife," and then they have an affair. Interesting stuff. But again, Amazing. maybe it's maybe it's good. <laughs> then in two thousand. We have we What go. Lies Beneath, which I, I really like, and it's Zemeckis going for it, and it's great. 
And, and his again, food going for it as well. I mean, yes, he's really great at that. <laughs> he really is. And it's really Pfeiffer's film, 100%. But, um, and Ford plays that perfectly. And um, yeah, Pfeiffer is, is perfect casting as well. It's like, you know, again, just like if Hitchcock, uh, you know, timelines were different, Harrison Ford, Costner, Hanks would be big Hitchcock actors. Um, you would, and of course, Pfeiffer, Bassinger, Daryl Hannah would be Hitchcock leading ladies for sure. And, you know, Demi Moore, maybe Kidman as well, doesn't have to be wrong. But yes, um, I'm a big fan, big fan. I really like it. Um, and it's written by Agent Coulson from Shield. So there you go. Holy moly. Um, How about that? It's virtuoso. Did you see that at the cinema? I did, Sheps, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. I really like yeah. it. I don't think I've seen it since, to be fair. I'd like to revisit nice. that. Yeah. But it's got some good jumps. I remember there was a massive flood in, uh, which is good. But that ties in very well with themes, water themes in What Lies Beneath. And in Guildford, there was a big flood and the river broke and flooded. And when I came out of What Lies Beneath, it had flooded the downstairs of the underground car park. And I just saw water with car aerials just sticking up out of the water. Jesus. Great, great. Yeah, so that's that's nice. And yes, so hooray for what lies beneath. Then 2002, we have K-19, The Widowmaker, uh, which I remember. Spoiler alert, you know, I mean, Jesus wept. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen it, though, Sheps. Have you seen it? I saw it once. I don't remember anything about it. Catherine Bigelow, Liam Neeson. Um, I think Very intriguing. Yeah, it's probably good. And I, and I don't remember it really. I think he did that instead of uh, Perfect Storm. I believe he turned down Perfect Storm, uh, which, you know, again, that's in retrospect, it, he probably shouldn't have done K-19 or Random Hearts and perhaps yeah. traffic uh, and, and so forth. But there you go. Now, then, in 2003, oh, go, okay. Jimmy, we have a little film that I like to call Hollywood Homicide, which I have not seen, but I believe you have. <laughs> In the last week, Sheppy, yeah, holy moly, it turned into a treat. I mean, look, I, 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 I say treat. You know, it's it's a two star film. It's it's objectively a low two. There's no two ways about it. You can't get around it. It's a low two. It's not. It's this is not a recommendation. But <laughs> that's not to say it doesn't have certain. I, I want to tell the uh, the listener uh, if they're still of it is still with us that. Um, so when I set this idea of like just doing this this whole thing and like let's watch uh, a Harry that we've not seen before each like a different Harry and we can talk about it, um, Jimmy took one for the team and did Hollywood Homicide and then proceeded to do it the right way. Were you in your camper van and drinking beer? Yeah. <laughs> and and progressively as the film went on, it's the text started off much like fucking hell, Sheppy, you sent me to hell. But as the beers built up, it was like, I've never laughed so hard in my life. Uh, urine has come out, all sorts of things. I was getting, you sent me these wonderful little videos, like just clips, like you've got to watch this bit, Sheppy. It's the best thing ever. The sex scene with the donut. Um, the sex scene with so the donut. I could put that I, on the so website I, too, maybe. <laughs> yes, yes. So with my commentary. Else, I'm so happy. Yes, yes, please. Yeah, just send that exact that exact footage. <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. 
Um, it was a joy, just for no, no other reason. This whole podcast existing just for that experience. Oh um, is my good god! Yeah, it's um, nice to do it as so, interactively as we can, isn't it? But yeah, holy moly! And again, I mentioned to you the poster it annoys me because it looks like Harrison Ford is carrying a jacket over his shoulder, but he's not. And I don't understand yeah. the pose. So no, always it's not explained. No, it's ridiculous. Um, how's Hartnett? And how's he's great, and they're great. Like, I mean, let me say this: I think it's one of the better. I wouldn't say like top five or anything, but better cops. Like, mm-hmm. he's a fascinating cop, Sheppy. He's a real estate agent on the side, which you wouldn't have been expecting necessarily. So he's trying yeah, to yeah. flog this particularly tricky um, LA pad that he's invested all of his money, his whole mm-hmm. pension, everything is tied up in this one pad. So the recurring subplot is he's trying to get rid of this house, and um, and he's juggling that with the day job of being a cop as Harry, and it's really fun. That's that's the thing that makes the movie sing, honestly, and gives us one of the great Harrison Ford moments. I'm going to say, um, but then uh, and then his relationship with Hartner is great. It starts off like Hartner wants to be an actor in it. And so right. that, and they're they're involved. The, the case is basically a, a, a gang gets gunned down while they're recording a song, and and they're trying to get to the bottom of it. And of course, it's a corrupt record producer, and it's, and it's genuinely, it's like the film isn't interested in that. We're not really interested in that, and it's more all about <laughs> those two. Hartner wants to be an actor, and um, and and you'd sort of think, and the, the initial thing, the very first thing you see is a silent scene where they go to a gun range, and they're just firing their guns at the old you know people target and like yeah. ford is like hitting the bullseye every time and then hartnett is like all over the shop with a shooting you know what i mean and, and and is throughout the movie that's never like a learning curve for his character he's just pretty bad um it, which culminates in a really nice scene which i won't even ruin or bother with but you know if you ever yeah. watch it like there's a nice moment where Hartnett just yeah anyway but um the uh <laughs> back to the range like there's this moment where at heart it's like a bit dis, you know i guess disenfranchised and a bit despondent he's, he's not hit the target you know at all and harry just fires off a couple of shots for him to just get the thing as well so it comes back and everyone's happy you know what i mean and, like, and you think okay that kind of does sum up their relationship he kind of likes him he's kind of got his back it's not like the old curmudgeon and the young buck it's actually like the two of them are together like they're they're kind of I'd say like six months into the partnership almost. They probably mentioned oh, that. Nice. I don't know how far it is, but you know, it feels like they're but they, it's, they... it's established a little bit at least. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I'm glad about that. Like, <laughs> you, you don't assume you would assume that, you know, it's the meet your new partner. I'm doing all this shit. So <laughs> I, I, like... I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Well, 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 maybe I'll have to do do this at some point. Jimmy. Well, I've got like some little bullets for us as well, quickly then, Sheppy, which is just like I've I've just put there's delight in Harry being a cop and just when he first gets to the crime scene, he's like, turn these things on, get that because he's like the senior detective on the scene. He's like, you know, get this done, get that done, put the rope around there, you know. But he's doing it in a really laconic way that's very appealing when he first comes in and he's just being pure Harry. And then he orders this burger from one of the from um Hartnett, and then Hartnett throws it to one of the cop lackeys. And um, and he's just and his thing which is established at the beginning. They're not mentioned again. 
<laughs> until the very end for the ho 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 moment which is ridiculous <laughs> you need at least one more beat in the middle but his thing is like i don't want any of that rabbit food lettuce stuff like you know what i mean all this sort of stuff i don't want any lettuce or greenery like you know or mayo like you know just the yeah. burger just good old-fashioned american meat kind of thing you know anyway that's his <laughs> thing you know and then it comes back of course with a pickle or something and that, that's at the beginning and then at the end, spoiler alert, alert, where Hartner has decided he's not going to be an actor anymore and totally turns his back on his whole dream. And then um, and, and, and then is investigating a crime scene with Harry again. And the two of them are there. This is just the it's a new case for Hollywood Homicide 2. Um, and they're at the they're at the, uh, the body and Hartnett's been sort of, Willie, won't you become an actor and leave, you know? And um, <laughs> and basically um Harry goes, you know, we're going to need a couple of burgers. This is the big one, like that. And Hartnett just goes, no rabbit food, like that. And then that's the end. So it just basically means he's not oh, going to be wow. an actor. They're going to be partners forever. It's absolutely amazing. It's perfect. And um, and Harry is never going to... I, I figured, like, he'd end up with a burger and he opens up the polystyrene or whatever, and it's just nothing but salad. Like, what the <laughs> hell is this? Doctor's <laughs> orders. But no, you can <laughs> eat no, this is before veganism, Sheppy. This is just the American dream. It's amazing. He's um, a real Von Swanson. I can totally <laughs> see him doing it as well. Like, no lettuce, no green in any kind. Um, wonderful. <laughs> well, I have to see this film now. That's and great. This- there's a lovely, I, I shared it with you, but just Harrison Ford's detective, when he gets back to his apartment, he just starts dancing. It's absolutely ridiculous and unjustified. Uh, Alan Dale is in this movie as a pre-reunion to, like, you know, uh, a, a a Crystal Skull. Pre-reunion, yeah. Um, yes, oh, so that's great. There's Jim. a lovely moment where he's helping him read his lines in the car, Harry. Like, you know, he's doing um, Hartnett's auditioning for Streetcar Named Desire, and Harry's doing it like with a who writes the stuff, you know, like that kind of thing. It's just quite cute. Um, he's behind on his payments and stuff. Like, if you think you're going to see it, Sheppy, there's a scene I don't want to ruin for you where he's kind of like, um, it's just a nice moment that maybe I'll just save in my back pocket. But suffice to say, when you do watch it, there's a moment where Hartnett thinks Harrison Ford's car is being stolen and um, and it's not. And Harrison Ford, like, gets a really wonderful final line in that scene. You can but, tell. Uh, you should say. You can say. Really. It's just it's just simply that um, he thinks the car's being nicked, runs outside with his gun. Of course, he's a terrible shot, Hartnett, so he, he doesn't mm-hmm. hit the baddies or anything or the car. He just, But he does get the tyre and the car skids and crashes. And um, and they were just repo men because Harry's so far behind on his payments, mm-hmm. so he's just taking the car, you know, and... Um, and Harrison Ford's furious with Hart, and then he just, and the scene ends. Actually, he's not furious with him. He's just, you know, he doesn't really care. But then he looks at it, and he's just like, "That was a good tire, like that." You know, and so basically, he just, it's just, <laughs> it's just that kind of thing of wrapped up in being a real man as well. Like, you know, he just knows whether it was a good tire or not. Would have preferred like the, <laughs> the older, you know, more worn one to have been taken out anyway. Um, and That's then, cool. uh, da, 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 I'll just. Um, the only other thing I really wanted particularly to say was um, as a really, really, well, there's two things actually quickly to say. There's basically um, uh, Hartnett, uh, no, the, basically at, at the very end, Harry has been, which you'll see from the video, um, sleeping with and eating donuts at the same time, a clairvoyant. And the only reason they find the baddies at the end is because the clairvoyant can tell them where he is which is amazing um, and maybe the laziest writing I've ever heard, but it's <laughs> wonderful. And then 
during the very cool and actually quite good chase at the end the the two plots are colliding and and uh, Harrison Ford's character is nearly um ready to sell this house and he's getting the offer he's negotiating over the phone and uh and he gets increasingly beaten up battered like his clothes are all torn he's bloodied and he gets into this very posh lift in somewhere like Beverly Hills or whatever, wherever they are. They are actually right near a film premiere, I think, or something, or someone putting their hands in the in the cement. And it's not, I don't even know that that's a cameo, honestly. It's just ridiculous. Anyway, but um, so they're in a very posh area of LA. Harrison Ford like uh, runs into this lift as part of his chase, absolutely smashed to pieces, very well-to-do characters in the lift, and he's looking really shit. <laughs> and then he takes his phone call and he's like, 195 you sure you'll get to 195 195 yes and he puts the phone down he's closed his deal as and he's being a real estate agent in that moment and then he just and everyone's like looking at him and he just looks fucked up and he just turns and he just goes i'm a real estate broker the way he says it is so perfect it's just like the wonderful little uh wonderful little harrison board moment and line it's just cute and um and he's just and he's so happy and you're so happy for him getting the deal really nice um yeah I'm, I'm really happy this has sort of worked out like it didn't just turn into like an excruciating experience and <laughs> you found little gems of harry which is I, great i think it's the only one now sheppy as well on this little column that i'm creating where i've got the scene and you haven't which is interesting i think everything yeah, else is go. the double interesting okay um, is it directed by someone it is i should have I said mean, I, yeah. I wrote that down it's ron sheldon um, oh, I know that name. Yeah. Did he do Tremors? Let me bloody tell you. I think he did, yeah. Man so that's fights. nice. Like, good old yeah. Hollywood Homicide. White Men Can't Jump, I Bull think... Durham, Hollywood Homicide, oh, Tin right. Cup, that guy. Yeah. Right. Good. Wonderful. Well, there you go. I mean, I like all of them. Well, I haven't seen Tin Cup, but I like the others very much. Um, good. Hooray. For that then jimmy so that's nice i think it works out maybe i'll watch it but maybe i'll watch hanover street first yeah. then you've got a, a video i don't know if it's a music video uh, but he plays jethro the bus driver in uh, water to wine yeah i had in, that uh, too yeah nice okay. interesting stuff that's that's 2004. uh then we have uh firewall which is 2006 that's uh the one with paul bettany is the baddie and it's trying to go for a kind of a Patriot games sort of feel, and uh, it doesn't really work out too well. I saw it once uh, on DVD, again, like 2006 or seven. I saw it. It's fine. I remember Paul Bettany telling a story that Harrison Ford walks really fast and they went for dinner together <laughs> in, um, in, in New York, and Harrison Ford just walks really fast so that people don't bother him. Um, and also Harrison Ford choreographed the end fist fight between him and Ben. Uh, ben did that was a cool experience. That's nice. He's a bit of a pro. He's a pro. He must have so he many is. tricks up his sleeve now. Yeah, 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 totally. So there you go, Firewall. I'm assuming you haven't seen it. I haven't there seen it, no. We're, we're getting into a bit it's of a by the same, period, yeah. Yeah, it's the same director who did Wimbledon with Ben. Nice. Then 2008, we have Indiana Jones in the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is the other Harrison Ford film that you and I have seen together at the cinema. Ooh, uh, so there you are. Of course it is, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen it since. You have. We have talked about the film. Yeah, the nothing movie. to say. Uh, Let's not so, give it any more airtime, yeah, Sheps. Screw fine. it. Uh, then we have something called Crossing Over, 
in 2009 that I'm not familiar with. No, I haven't seen uh, it either. 2010 with Brendan Fraser, uh, Extraordinary Measures, uh, which I remember when it came out, and he's like, again, secondary character, maybe Shady, it's more like drama. Uh, then we have okay. Comedy in 2010 with Morning Glory, uh, which I haven't seen. Me neither. Uh, I think he plays a, a, a morning news or morning, you know, daytime host type, I think, with, I want to say, Rachel McAdams is in it, but it's oh, yeah. also Diane Keaton. But I think it's going for a Devil's Wear Father, Devil Wear Father type vibe. I think, but I haven't seen it. No, me neither. Me neither. It feels working girly as well. Maybe that he's sort of like there right. as the the character to empower the female lead. With a bit, I don't know, but yeah, he's not the romantic person. I mean, maybe he gets together with Diane Keaton, but it's all about yeah. yeah he's not. He's like the grunk grouch guy. <laughs> taken care of. Um, so that's nice. Then in 2011, we have Cowboys and Aliens. Um, I like Cowboys and Aliens. I've seen it twice. I saw it at the cinema. I haven't seen it for ages. What I like about it is that Fab directs it as a Western and then Aliens turn up, which I always thought that would be a good idea. So I like it when that happens and other things intrude on a genre that the genre stays as a cowboy film. It doesn't get, you know, the, the logic doesn't change. It remains filmed as if it's a cowboy. You know, the camera doesn't do crazy things. So I, I like Cowboys and Aliens, but I think I might be the only person in the world. <laughs> um, what about you? I, I remember quite enjoying it in the cinema. I, I love that it's him and Bond again. Uh, I, I think, um, I think for me, it just needs a better title, Sheppy. I think the title's really mm. naff. I think it, <laughs> it, it could, it could have a better like. It could have gone Dust Till Dawny. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, in a way, yeah. like, and that might have been yeah. to your point there. It might have been more of a shock and quite cool, you know, um, for me. But I, I, I can't really remember it if I'm honest. So yeah, fair enough. I, I yeah I like it, but again I haven't seen it for a while. But that's fair. Uh, then we got uh, he's in Forty Two, which I think is about a baseball real life baseball person. Um, that's Brian Hedgeland, I believe, who directed, wrote and directed that. That's two thousand thirteen. Just shout yeah. out if you've seen any of these. Then there's Paranoia, two thousand thirteen, which I believe is with Gary Oldman again, and the most punchable of the Hemsworth brothers. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. I think. Um, and Harry shaved his head for that one. Um, so there you go. He plays like a nasty businessman. Then we've got Ender's Game, which is again him being like, I better try some sci-fi shit um, with Ben Kingsley. And again, I haven't seen it. I, oh, have you not? Book. I've seen that one. That was good. Ah. That was good. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. I'd say minimum three stars, Sheppy. Yep. Oh, wow. That was, so that was fun. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, that's nice. Is Harry good in it? Is he yeah, substantial? Yeah, he's good. He's got good chemistry with the kid as well. Um, so, oh, okay. yeah. No, well, that, that, was, that, was, that was fun. I can't remember much of it, to be honest, which isn't the best endorsement. But, you know, I do remember thinking after, oh, that was that was meaty enough. Yeah. Nice. Um, did you see that, like, on video? I mean, you know, It was on vid, I think, or did, yeah, or, or on a streaming or something. Yeah. 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 That's nice. Oh, okay, well, fair play. Then, of course, in 2013, oh. we have Command 2. The legend continues. Uh, where Jackal, I seem to remember. <laughs> he is great in it, I think. Well, he's not that great, but it's amazing to see him and Will Ferrell in the same tree yeah. scene. Amazing. And him saying Will Ferrell dialogue, you know, obviously the lines, that sort of style. <laughs> yeah, and he is great. I remember him smelling the lady and so forth. 
Yes. Uh, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so good for him, having a good time. And then we have 2014, The Expendables 3, where in this case, Bruce, it was three days of filming for $3 million, I believe. And Bruce wow. would have said, no, um, that's not enough. And so they said, okay, we'll get Harrison Ford instead uh, for three days. And he's friends with the producer. He said, okay, yeah, three days filming. And I'll go to Cannes, the Cannes Film Festival with everyone and hang out with Terry Crews and Gibbo. Uh, amazing. So, what do you, I mean, what do you think about Expendables 3? I don't remember it very much, to be honest, Sheppy. Is that the one to with Van fair, Damme as well? or No, that's two. That's two, sorry. Um, and then... Three is Gibbo as the baddie and Banderas. Oh, and yeah, okay. Is in it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love the first Expendables, but yeah. both sequels I don't like particularly. I mean, you know, then I, I like the first one so much that I was really disappointed with the sequels, but if watching them again in the right circumstances probably doable. I do remember that Harry, Harry, you're like, you're in The Expendables 3, you're acting with Jet Li and Arnie, for God's sake, but he, he still looked like he hadn't had a coffee. Um, which was a bit <laughs> annoying and, and sad. It's like you, you came all this way, Hungary or Romania, wherever they filmed it, you just have a coffee, have some fun whilst you're there. So that's yeah. a shame. There you go. Uh, then he was in, uh, he did um, A Voice of the Ocean in Nature is Speaking, apparently. Oh, so wow. that's okay. the show, then we have The Age of Adeline. Oh, Adeline. Have you seen The Age of Adeline? No, I, I haven't, that's based Sheps. On a popular yeah. book. Mm. No, I haven't either, 2015. Uh, then we have your favourite film of all time, Star <laughs> Wars Episode 7, Force Awakens, <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I will say quickly, they, yeah, they knew they were going to kill off Han, so the first half of that film could be exactly the same. I really like it, but once um, they get to the, the place where it's sort of like with, with the funny alien lady and everything, um, at that point they meet and they meet Leia. Then that's the point Luke should turn up, and the second half of that film should be the young kids having adventure intercut with the three main heroes having a joint adventure together. You knew that Han was going to die, so that's what we. That that's my main problem with that. Yeah. But this should have been Han is amazing. Yes, yeah. but Han is amazing. Uh, so that's nice. So quick question um, on that then, Sheps. You do that, and I agree with it. But what's your ending to Force Awakens? Is it like a New Hope style? Like you do end triumphantly with a sort well, of. Well, I'd like to, but ceremony. you'd have to kill Han, so it can't be that triumphant. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Harry wouldn't do it unless he could die. So you'd have to die, and I give him the same death. I like. Like I'm struggling to do the right thing, and Han thinks mm. he means everybody else. And it's still, it's all in the fault, by the way. When you watch the film, it really annoys me because he's like, you know, Ben's lost. We've lost him, Leia. And she goes, "No, they're still good in him." I know you could talk him out of it, and you see Han kind of process that, and he's like, "Oh, hmm, maybe I can." And like, well, there you go. He survived <laughs> Boba Fett. He survived Jabba. Can't survive his woman. She just got him killed, so what a shame! But there you go. Um, so I would end, so I, you know, I'd have a great big showdown, I'd give Ray her moment, I'd have a villain for Luke to defeat and kill with a lightsaber, um, and give him something to do, and just like have someone maybe, you know, and, and yeah, but basically end it in the same way with hope, but sadness at harm's death. Uh, but I like agree. Luke is like 
it took this to get me out from whatever I've been doing, and now I'm here. And that's sort of the triumph potential of being like, together, we'll go into the future. Layer that would have been better, wouldn't it? I, and then, yes. They could still do the Ray and Luke stuff on the same island next time. You know what I mean? They could still go and do that. Not much needs to change, maybe, about Last Jedi, in a way. But the, the um the other thing is because I quite like all that stuff. But anyway, the the other thing, well, some of it, not the blue milk. Anyway, there's a whole other bloody podcast. But I just want to say one of the quickie when you're talking about Luke's uh, lightsaber fight potential, like that could still be Kylo Ren if you really want to mimic the for the a New Hope template, and, and it I could want, be I want establishing. Ray to have her moment. I'd oh, yeah, Ray, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Ray, Ray can't be ignored, but I need. But yeah, Luke needs to do something cool and kill some cunt who needs to be invented for the point. But fair play, hooray to all of that. Because my only um, flip on that would be like maybe Ray does do the, the henchman and Luke gets the Kylo Ren and we establish some of the stuff from Last Jedi there as well. Yes, like maybe. Yes. But, um, yes. But yeah. Certainly. It'd be good if, yeah. Well, yeah or yeah, whole Ray. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So then we've got uh, the, um, Blade Runner 2049. 2017. I haven't actually seen it since the cinema, but I really liked it, and I like Denis Villeneuve very, very much. I love yeah. all of the films I've seen of his. Um, yeah. Have you seen it just since the cinema, Jimmy? No, I haven't, and it's one of those a, a bit like an Oppenheimer or something. I'd probably save for an IMAX again to watch it again, no. rather than wasting it in inverted commas on the home uh, screen. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that's nice. I'd like to give it a read. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's nice. Uh, 2019, The Secret Life of Pets 2, where he plays Rooster. Uh, then, of course, he does pop up uh, in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Fine, yes. Uh, I haven't seen that since the cinema, have you? No, Sheps, no. No, I don't think I bother. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I saw it twice. I, I did see it twice okay. at the cinema. So, but yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch it again at some point. I wasn't, yeah, I don't know. I've got a very weird relationship with that whole sequel trilogy, so I wasn't necessarily disappointed with Rise. Um, yeah, but we'll see. I'll, I'll watch it again. Next we have 2020, The Call of the Wild, which I think is based on a Jack London novel, and I feel so sorry for Harry because I remember the trailer for this and he's acting with his, with his weird CGI, and he's acting against the CGI dog and you know he's like, oh, they're making, you know, I, I remember White Fang. I'm up for that. You know, oh, okay, yeah, this is classy. Finally, I'm going to go old school again. I've done my Enders game. I've done my Star Wars again. I've done my <laughs> Cowboys game. Now I'm going to go old school. Hey, Harry, act with this tennis ball. It's going to be a cartoon dog. Oh, oh, oh. okay, but it's going to look really good, right? Yeah, it's going to look fantastic. Oh, my God. It looks so shit. I feel so sorry. I've seen behind the scenes where he's on like um, rapids, going down rapids on like a little canoe or something. And then he's just like on a green, you know, horse, like a gym horse. And they're rocking it and all the green dudes with the leotards and the balaclava over their face with the green thing. So they won't be visible. And they're all rocking him and he's like with his oar. And, and I'm just like, and he's talking to this invisible dog. I'm like, poor old Harry. So, so there you go. That is rough. <laughs> Then there's 1923 that I haven't watched yet, but I absolutely will in terms of Yellowstone. I'm very, very interested and excited by that. Yeah, you know Dalton's in it. Did you know Dalton was in it? Yes. So that's oh. the third Bond I was going to mention. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. 
Not many people have acted with three bonds. Simon Pegg has, but not many have. So, yeah, <laughs> good stuff. Um, so 1923, good. Yes, excellent. Then we have Shrinking, uh, and then we have Injunction and Destiny, and we talked about that. So that is fair enough. And upcoming, uh, oh yeah, we have Thunderbolts and Captain America Brave New World, where he plays uh, Thunderbolts Ross. Uh, so great. And he's the president by this point, I believe. Wow. Canada. So, so good impressive. stuff, Jeremy. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so, if he had a stuck as Jack Ryan, he would have been Chris a third time. Yeah. Well, he could. No, he couldn't still do that, really. Um, but so the um, what was I going to say to you? Well, quickly, Simon Pegg's three. I'm. You've got my mind racing. So obviously, Dalton in Hot Fuzz. Then, when's he been? Has he been with Craig? Yes, he has Pegg? been with Craig, and he's been with Dal and with Brosnan. Oh God, Sheps. How went? Oh, well, man. you were distracted by your best friend at Angel Islington, uh, Peg in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, he is. Yeah, and yeah. Um, with Craig is more tricky, but they did act together, as far as I'm aware, and it's Tintin. They're both in Tintin. Oh, that's very clever. Nice, nice, nice. Shep, that's a great pub quiz question. I love it. Um, nice. Um, love it. Yes. For the record, I've seen 20... I'm just counting the main movies, not like your shrinkings or stuff. So just the movies. Yes, I've seen yeah. 29 of 58, which is exactly 50%. And you've seen 36 of 58 Harrison Fords at 62% oh. Sheppy. So there you go. There you go. Thanks Happy. for keeping the tally. That's Come nice. On. You oh, know, I hey, like what it. am I here for? You know, stats. <laughs> I'm the Benji of the podcast. What can I tell you? What do you need me at this <laughs> Amazing, amazing. You you went full peg. Um, <laughs> I want to say, um, by the way, that um, there's also a nice thing worth checking out on YouTube, and maybe this can go on the thingy, but Fav directed it, and it was around when Cowboys and Aliens came out, and I think it was for the Jimmy Kimmel uh, show, and um, it's just funny, and it's just how support behind the stay here, behind the scenes, in the green room, waiting to go on, and he's on the phone to his agent, and he's being pitched Air Force One Two. And he's like, Oh yeah, I'm in. And then something funny happens and Chewie comes in. And they go, Look, oh, we're wow. reuniting him. And he does the Harry point at Chewie. He's like, She was my wife. And oh, I remember like, that. <laughs> this huge feud between them because Chewie apparently slept with yeah, House of wife. And he's like, I'm in Cowboys and Aliens. Daniel Craig's my bitch now. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. So uh, <laughs> that's what they shout at. He also dressed as a hot dog on a uh, talk show once for Halloween. And he once did a funny bit with Conan where he dropped like this Lego Millennium Falcon, which oh, I yeah, I've, seen, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really good. So, so I like that. Um, by the way, there's a film, the one from 77 that was released three years, before, uh, three weeks before Star Wars, The Possessed, was like, it's like an exorcist film. It's The Exorcist, but set in an all-girls school. So I might have to watch that. I don't know who Harry plays, but that sounds fucking amazing. Um, so, so there you go. Um, I also just want to quickly mention, in case I forget, um, there's a nice clip behind the scenes I saw. You mentioned him being very busy, like, you know, in the Millennium Falcon cockpit, for example. There's a nice story I saw on Instagram of Harry telling the story of, like, He's shown the cockpit when they're filming A New Hope, and George is like, okay, just sit there and, you know, fly the ship. 
and we're going to call action in a minute. And Harrison's like, okay, George, how do I fly the ship? He's like, what do you mean? How do I fly? What, what do I do? Or what are all these buttons? He's like, oh, you know, there's steering and some buttons here. Okay, action. And he's like, nah. So uh, that's a nice one. That's nice. I like that quite a bit. And there's another behind the scenes thing I saw from uh, Jedi where it's the when he's being cooked and he's hanging over the fire in New York Village. And he's kind of he's kind of directing, he's suggesting a, a thing, a bit of business that Hamill and he could be doing. And it's not actually it didn't end up in the film, but it's like a, an alternative to what you know, with like three PO tell them, and Harrison is sort of basically directing Hamill, saying, So if you say this, then I can say this, and then we can both be like, huh? And it's it's fascinating, it's good. And I and I mean that in a good way. It's, he's not taking over. But it's a good idea. And he's like, why don't we try this? So nice. that's nice. Yeah, yeah. The Mark one apparently was having none, having none of it. It's not in the film. Uh, <laughs> actually, Hamill has said it's one of his bits that he does all the time. He does a very good Ford impression. But he says um, Harrison would be a great director if he wasn't so lazy. And <laughs> he says that all the time. It's <laughs> a big laugh. Um, so there you go. Um, he also said at one point, I remember, like in 2000 or something, like he said back in the day that he would never do supporting roles or TV roles because he was a movie leading man. But obviously, this is, he's rethought that over the last 20 odd years or so, which is good stuff. Um, and I think in terms of my notes, I'm just going to scan very quickly. But I think that that's everything that I've written down. So, so that's good. I think we've covered a lot of ground there, Jimmy. I'm feeling pretty, pretty down aligned. Uh, how are you doing? Is there I'm feeling pretty that... good, Sheps. I think it's been the Ford Fiesta we we could have hoped, honestly. I mean, we're we're approaching two hours forty five, I think, by my clock. So that's that's decent. <laughs> that's, that's probably Not longer bad. than any of his movies, maybe. <laughs> but so that's nice. So yeah, I know there are going to be other things that I'm going to regret not mentioning and everything, but I think you've pretty. You've done a pretty good job um, and pretty exhaustive stuff. So, so let's. That's good. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. Um, good old Harry. I, you know, yeah, good old Harry. I'll say one thing. One of my most um, evocative film vibe memories, whatever, is just you know my my nan Mutti, who really got me into movies. Like, and she had this old like book of movie stars from the beginning of the the silent era through like you know and each one you know was a profile of each movie star kind of thing and the whole thing so hundreds of names alphabetically listed all that stuff and um and it had one of these sort of very sheeny guinness book of records type covers was very important you know back in the day when stuff like that mattered or everyone was the definitive guide of such things and on the back was just one picture full glossy picky were and and that was it huge because the thing was an almanac style thing you know and it was just indiana jones on the bridge at the end of temple of doom i guess to make it current and sort of you know relevant to the kids of now but to your point he's looking super duper handsome she sleeve shirt you know off, (laughs) looking awesome you know and were we to know it was going to be such an iconic photo then probably you know but it's just there like boom and yeah you struggle to think of a few more iconic people and maybe that's india his most iconic i don't know but yeah 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 amazing and wonderful and i think i can even picture that exact photo 
there's a few, but yeah, there's one with him with the whip right, as well. And he's and still got his hand wrapped from when he was doing the, the cart and yeah. stuff. It's just nice. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, that's lovely, Jimmy. Um, absolutely wonderful. Harrison Ford. Um, yeah, you know, not he had a he, he had a good run, and he's still out there, and he's still doing it. And his performance as Jones in Dial of Destiny was great. His performance yeah. in Crystal Skull was great. Um, he never phones it in, apart from Expendables 3. Um, and it's, it's solid. And I, I like Harrison Ford. And like you said, maybe he's mellowed now a little bit. Um, maybe punching Ryan Gosling when they made Blade Runner accidentally during the fight scene. Maybe that softened him up a bit. But generally speaking, I think he's always been just like a really nice chilled out guy who, of course, doesn't really feel, doesn't like the glamour aspect of, of his profession and doesn't like the fame aspect. But that's what happens when you reach the top of your profession, you know. Um, especially and when your profession is being a Hollywood actor. So, you know, yes, I will watch Force Ten from Navarone and report to you how it goes down and how he is with Robert Shaw and Cole Weathers, because that's a bit amazing. And if I watch anything else, and if I watch one terrible decision I end up watching random parts on Netflix, I'll let you know as well, Jimmy. And if you <laughs> no watch worries. it, if I think something discussed, um, then please let me know as well. We can you know, mention it in pods. Lovely ships, let's do it, for sure. Oh. So for a sign-off, I don't know. I mean, so what? What are we doing? Harry, I don't know, get off my pod. Um, how's That's that not bad. I don't know, I've been making it up as I'm going along. Brilliant. <laughs> I didn't end this pod. I don't care. Oh, perfect. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. I want, I, want, I want some more. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't I your best Tommy Lee Jones. But... I hate him. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's a big tank of best stuff. Like, you could warn them. If only you spoke Havitas. I'm not even working at a pod pun there. I'm just all over the place now. <laughs> all right. Oh, Sheppy, let me just say, to close things off, I love you. Oh, you didn't need to say it. I've been reading it in your blinks all day. <laughs> that's the more extended way of saying I know, but I'll take that. I'll take that. All right. That's, that's okay. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at shoulderspod.com or shoulderspod at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.